What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. Listen, we've got some amazing sponsors, and uh, there's some promo codes in there that are active right now. You can save a little bit of money with certain sponsors, so be listening for those. And you need to go subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Big Honker Podcast. It's on YouTube. Every episode that we do here gets uploaded to there. Uh, you can watch all the craziness unfold. Also, our series, The First Family Waterfowl, it is all uh, on, on our YouTube channel. So go check it out. Head over to YouTube, Big Honker Podcast, easy to find. Get subscribed so you don't miss anything. Okay, here we go, folks. If you're going to go hunt ducks, any kind of waterfowl, you're hunting dove, you might as well be shooting the best. Shoot boss. Go unleaded, folks. Boss is the way at bossshotshells.com. Reach out to the mad scientist over there. They've got it going on. It's the best stuff in the world. I've been waterfowl hunting for basically 50 years now, probably 47 to be exact. 47 years, it's like I'm going back in time because when you hit them with boss, it's like shooting lead back in 1974. So anyways, go check them out at bossshotshells.com. Also, go check out Dive Bomb Industries for all of your silhouette needs. Uh, I got this question a lot. How many do it? What's the minimum amount of silhouettes that I need to have a successful hunt? If you're hunting lesser specs, it's 50 dozen. That's the number. Dive Bomb has made it extremely cost efficient to have a lot of decoys and they pack up nice and neat. You always got to get the bags, keep your trailer looking clean, looking fresh all season long. Uh, you can't go wrong with anything that dive bombs. What's, sells. what's dive bombs? What's it run for five dozen? Uh, 350. Three they might've gone up. Might be let's, like say let's say it's $400. For, for so, so you're going to need $4,000 for $4,000 for your buddies can chip in. Everybody throws in a thousand dollars and you got a lesser spread. To rival anybody else's works perfect. It's easy to put up. It's easy to store. No problem at all. It's divebombindustries.com. And check out their floaters if you hunt a lot of ponds. So go check out the boys at Pacific Custom Calls. They have made my favorite call in the entire planet, the BA Lesser Call. It is a screamer. It feels good in my hand, and it rips. So they've also got a promo code. If you want to save a little bit of money, which who doesn't, Use the promo code BHP25. You can save 25% off at checkout. They've got the best duck call on the market with the PCD, and uh, their spec calls are out of this world. They have two spec calls that you can choose from. The 530, which is one that I really like, and they also brought, they launched a brand new speckle belly call, the BBS. It's a board out speckle belly call. It is easy to run, and it sounds phenomenal. So check them out, pacificcustomcalls.com. You can look them up on Instagram, Pacific Calls, and use that promo code. It's there for a reason. BHP25. Also, check out the boys over at or the man over at Gun Dog Outdoors, Mr. Alex Langbell. Alex is in Canada shooting the piss out of the oh birds my, at me right he's now. He's wearing my speckle bellies out. There's not going to be any specs down here this year. He's going to he's he'll have killed them all. But you need the field trauma kit in your pickup truck and in your blind bag. It's got everything that you need to stitch a wound, stop some bleeding. Alex is a retired first responder, so. Everything in the field trauma kit is what you're going to need. Also, I like the quick release system. I latch Lou in, and it's got just a little pulley. Whenever I'm ready to send him, pull that off of him, and away he goes. And then when he comes back, just hook him back up. Keeps him safe and out of the line of fire. So if you've got a dog that breaks, or even if you have a dog that doesn't break, and you want to prevent an accident from happening, check out the quick release system. He's also got check cords. He's got uh, food and water bowls. He's got it all. So check them out, Gundog Outdoors. And we're brought to you by Jeff Stanfield Approved Shin Gear Waders. I'll just let you take this one, Jeff. I busted out the waders this time for the first time in probably 20 years, 25 years. 
I've never seen you in waders, so been that long. Twenty five over twenty five years. Most comfortable waders I've ever worn for sure in my life. The thing that was the comfort was the easy to get in and easy to get out. Nothing worse than putting on a pair of waders. I'm telling you right now, especially if you've got a, a belly. If you got a little muffin top going on, little, waders little are pooch. a pooch. Well, even a big pooch. Waders, the bigger the pooch, the harder it is to get them on. Pain in the ass to put off and on. These got a zipper on them. I mean, whoever's ever thought about putting a zipper in damn waders? You unzip them, you put them on, you zip it back up. The boots get on perfect. When you get done, you zip it down a little bit and you just kind of push the boot and they come right off. The best, most comfortable waders on the market. It's a once in a lifetime investment. You buy them once, you don't ever have to buy them another pair the rest of your life at shingearwaders.com. Because they have a guarantee that they will stand behind their product for as long as you stand in them. So if you put a hole in it, you send them back, they fix it and send it right back to you. So customer service is unmatched. Also brought to you by the boys over at Lucky Duck. And the ladies, I guess I should say, too. i got to quit saying just the guys. Yeah, there's a lot know, of women out there. A little, little chauvinistic. It's dove season here in Texas. It is teal season here in Texas. And uh, let me tell you, they got spinners for everything. Uh, dove, duck, uh, they got goose flappers, which are good for later in the year. Uh, but right now we're focusing on dove. And I tell you what, six, seven of those dove spinners out there, and they, they, the dove will commit like ducks. It is fa- it's fascinating to watch. Um, they've also got one of the best blinds on the market, the two by four blind. Um, if you're a predator hunter, they've got stuff for you, uh, as far as e-collars and stuff. So kind of, uh, they got, they got a wide variety of, of things that you can buy. So you should check them out at luckyduck.com. And if you're needing motion of some sort, and my favorite product of 2022 is the Lucky Duck Swimmer HDI. You put it on the water and it looks like a duck swimming in your decoys. So, unrivaled motion got a good looking wake on it and it looks fantastic i cannot wait to use it this year that is at luckyduck.com also brought to you by logan and rebel over at looking glass duck club podcast all you got to do is go to their patreon type in the looking glass podcast donate to their patreon account and you will have access to their entire library and we have a giveaway going on with them and details to follow uh it's going to be for a a three man three a three-man goose hunt Three-day goose hunt, six-man. Six-man, so, three days goose hunt, lodge and meals come in on Sunday, leave on Wednesday, get a hangout with Logan Pitt, the legend himself, Mr. Oakland Raider, Las Vegas Raider, Mr. Owen 2 Raider, as a matter of fact, at that deal at this him time. Him and I are big Raiders fans. They're big Raiders fans, big, big, big Raiders fans. So check them out at Looking Glass Duck Club Just go to, go to their Patreon, and it'll just type in their podcast, and away you go. And if you want to be comfortable this hunting season – Need to do it in the Stanfield stool made by Alpha Outdoor Industries. And they've also got a blind caddy coming up for your favorite two by four blinds. There you go. It'll hook onto your A frame blind and then you can keep all of your stuff uh, right there in front of you. The Stanfield stool is phenomenal. These guys are a machine shop. So if you've got an idea for a product that you think that the waterfowl world needs to see, I highly suggest that you get a hold of them and they can mock up whatever uh, crazy idea you might have. So uh, the Stanfield Stool, can't wait to use it. Also, we're brought to you by Bangtail Whiskey. Mr. Brandon Bing, uh, he has crafted a delicious taste in whiskey along with making some outstanding music. Uh, Bangtail Whiskey is not for the faint of heart. Bangtail embodies the select few who believe in hard work and relish in the opportunity to take a step back to enjoy the fruits of their labor. Whether relaxing for a midweek swaller or communing on the weekend with quality people, Bangtail is sure to provide a truly unique and tasteful experience time and time again. With deep southern roots, Bangtail provides a first-class, handcrafted whiskey experience. Pour a jigger of Bangtail and enjoy. 
Must be 21 years or older. Brought to you by our good friends at Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. If you need a hunt, camping trip, <laughs> buy a canoe, go to Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. No, seriously, folks. Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Me and Tony started this business 30 years ago. Proud to be in the business 30 years. Proud to be at Knox and Haskell County, Texas. If you're looking for a waterfowl hunt, I do have the week before Thanksgiving, I have an opening on Monday, Tuesday, the days before Thanksgiving, and I think I have Those the, are primo dates, oh, by the way. Premium days. And I and I have a couple of days still. I have the week before Christmas, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday before Christmas. I have room for one spot. So anyways, both of those dates, six people, private party. We can shoot geese, ducks, cranes, anything you want to do, lodging meals, pheasants, wild hogs. Uh, not even we, do a domestic hog, I guess, if you wanted one. Anyways, give us a call, 940-658-3172 at Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. And every morning at Stanfield Hunting Outfitters, we start off with dirty duck coffee. If your coffee's not the duck, it's going to suck. The Missouri Boat Ride Blend, a little bit of high velocity, gets me going every single morning out here. It's what I fill my thermos up with on those nice cold mornings in the blind. Check them out, dirtyduckcoffee.com. They've also got Instagram. They make fantastic premium roast coffee, and they've actually got a little contest going on right now so uh check out their instagram for details on it but yeah you go to their website you can order coffee ship straight to your door and it's delicious um i really 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 enjoy the missouri boat ride blend and i had sons up guns up one another one of their roasts at game fair and it was delicious also so you cannot go wrong no matter what you get from dirty duck coffee and we're brought to you by double t british kennels folks if you need a started dog you need a puppy you need your dog trained you need to call it Double T British Kennels. We had a British lab work here one time. Rhea, my dad brought it here in 1987, 88. As good a dog as I've ever been when it comes to be the disposition that they use, the looks, the drive, the smarts. You need to check out Corey and them at Double T British Kennels. Good looking dogs. Uh, they've got a stud, stud dog there. So um, check them out if you're needing a, a dog for this coming waterfowl season. They have dogs of every age and every level of training and uh, different ages. So you want a puppy, they got it. You want to start a dog, they got it definitely. So Double T British Kennels. Last but not least, we are brought to you by Ducks Unlimited. For 85 years, they have been putting ducks back into the sky for waterfowlers. Um, 80 cents out of every dollar goes back into wetlands and uh, wetland conservation and ducks. So they put uh, they put their money where their mouth is, and you don't have to worry about your dollars not going to uh, what you think they are. They're a great organization at Ducks Unlimited, and we are proud to be associated with them. I hope that you would uh, become a Ducks Unlimited member or go to one of the uh, shows that they have coming up. Spend a little bit of money with them. It puts more ducks back in the sky for us. If you go to the duck factories anywhere in the United States and Canada, and you see where the ducks are making ducks, making whoopee and sending little baby ducks down the way. Everywhere you go, there'll be a DU head sticker everywhere you go. And when you see that duck head, you know exactly what it is. It'll be a DU facility, uh, conservation area, duck factory, whatever you want to call it. That's Ducks Unlimited. Check them out at, is it DucksUnlimited.org? Uh, I think it's Ducks.org. Ducks.org. Type in Ducks Unlimited into your search engine and they'll come up. I promise. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the Big Honker Podcast, we are joined by James Steinbeck, uh, prosecuting attorney, Doby Kossub, and a member of the Wichita Falls uh, Police Department, Mr. Brian Sheehan. He is uh, he works in the Crimes Against Persons Division. Uh, listen, this episode is all about uh, fentanyl, the fentanyl crisis that we're seeing in America right now and what we can do as uh, concerned citizens to better inform and better educate our youth that are uh, 
taking these drugs. And we kind of covered it all. We had we had an outlaw, an attorney, and a police officer on this one. So, and then two rednecks from West Texas. So, uh, I think we did a good job. It was a lot of fun to do. And uh, if this can save one person out there, then this was all worth it. So. I hope that you enjoy this episode and I hope that you will share this. If you know anybody going through this right now, please point them in this direction and we hope that it touches some lives. So here we go. Here we go. Three, two, one. Boom! Welcome to the Big Honker Podcast brought to you by Gun Dog Outdoors. I'm Jeff Stanfield with the world-famous Andy Shaver. Jeff's like he's been drinking some of that coffee or right, something. He got he's that, shot, out of, shot out of a cannon No, right I'm now. answering text about your dumbass uh, thoughts on uh, the do's and don'ts of public hunting. Uh-oh. That's been quite the subject today with me. That's all right. And everybody has said 100%. They agreed with me and not with you. So well, that's we're not shocked by that. 100%. 100%. Everybody wow. said if someone takes you hunting on their place, public or private, if you go back without them and try to hunt them, you're a no good sorry son of You bitch. are. You that's are right. no good. There yeah. you go. So see there. With us today, we have a trio of gentlemen here. We have a good friend of mine, James Steinbeck from the Avenues. That's right. I got Dobie Cossum. You did it right, sir. From Wichita Falls, and you are the prosecuting. I'm the criminal chief of the Wichita County DA's office. So if you fuck up, you're the guy they talk to, or they deal with. Eventually, if someone has to see you come to their house with a pad and a pen, they are not happy. Probably. No, yeah, you're in a you're in a bad situation. And Mr. <laughs> Sheehan, Brian Sheehan, Rotan Yellowhammer. Go, go hammers. What What is your job with the Wichita County? I'm the supervisor in charge of crimes against yeah. persons at the Wichita Falls Police Department. So if someone jacks with a cop, you're the guy they deal with. Okay. All right. We're going to start in. You and you and James, how's y'all's relationship? Did you prosecute James? A couple times. A couple times. <laughs> Is James, of all the people you've prosecuted, do you have a relationship with any of the other ones? I've never been asked that question. Uh, that's good. you're on the Big Honker podcast. That's we right. do that kind of stuff. Uh, there are two other people that I've run into from time to time at, back home. Were some they were both female uh, that were somewhat in a similar situation to Mister Steinbeck, and they've had they've gone on to have a little, some success in their life, but no nobody like James. Have you met anyone like at a Walmart that threatened to whip your ass after you seen them ten years later? Mm, I got a lot of dirty looks. Yeah, <laughs> small town judge. I deal with everybody, so everybody I deal with, I see all the time. So it's not that big a deal to me, right? You know, but so you've never had anyone that got because a, a guy that was at judge school I went to 15 years ago, he talked about that, that he was in wall. He was at Walmart in Denton and a lady and a guy come up behind him and a guy was bad mouthing him that he was the he had put him in jail. Uh, no, I had a little situation recently. Uh, a fella got convicted of capital murder and his dad decided he needed to make his feelings known on social media. Oh, so he threatened you. Oh, I would. I don't know if he threatened me directly, but he. Well, 
You don't worry about yeah, that stuff, though. Yeah. No. no. How long did that yeah. take? Because I would be paranoid all the time. No one. Let, let me tell you though, guys, man, that, that's the reason. That's what separates Dolby to me is from other is because uh, if you've ever had to deal with Dolby in a courtroom, then you you learn two things about him. Is one is is uh, he's fair, right? He's honest and fair. That goes a long way with even if you're you know because there's, you know there's this thing as honor among thieves, right? So even in in the world that I come from, it matters that somebody is being the way they solid in what he does, right? So that makes a difference. So when you see him out, you don't hold no ill will towards that, right? Because you screwed up. He was he doing his job. Right. He's yeah. doing his job. You know, yeah. he's not treating you like a dick. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You know, so so th- that's different. There's some prosecutors that do, right, and look down on you. And, and then, you know, those guys get what they get, you know. He's not one of those. So sit there, it speaks highly of you. So yeah. how do you get to where you are today? I mean, were you just a stud in law school? And then, like, what made you go this path rather than <laughs> the, the millions of other paths that you could have taken? Uh, uh, it's absolutely the opposite. I wasn't a stud in law school, so I didn't get picked up by some big highfalutin, high-dollar oh, firm. Right. But and I don't want to bore you guys, but this is this is what's true. I walked into Texas Tech School of Law on the first day wanting to be a prosecutor. Mm-hmm. 97% of the class said the same thing. After three years, 97% of them wanted to make money, Yeah, and I still wanted to be a prosecutor. And so I... I've been doing what I've wanted to do for my entire career. Where where do you make the most money? Is it defense? Is that where you make the most money? Is I, it on that side, or is it just getting with the right law firm? I think you make the most money someplace other than Wichita Falls. <laughs> the the yeah. most money to be made is by marrying money. Criminal defense obviously probably would be because somebody's going to pay whatever it takes to defend their freedom, right? You know, but maybe at a higher level, corporation level defense, you know, in a criminal case. I'm a I'm a small town. Texas boy, I, I don't understand what it means to make a lot of money. Right, never had it, never saw it, didn't know about it. Get into this when you get out in the real world and realize how much money there is out there to make. It's insane, it is crazy, and we don't do that in Wichita County. We were talking just <laughs> my my wife. God, I love her to death, but she's very naive in the ways of the world. And we were talking the other day because Jeff and them just got back from New England and saw uh, Rockefellers and Vanderbilts, yeah, the, yeah. the houses that they came from. And my wife was like, why would you do that? And I'm like, you don't understand the amount of wealth that is out there today and the amount of wealth that they had back then. Like, they had money to burn. A 60-bedroom yeah. 60, 60 house was... They didn't have nothing I, else to spend it on. They had five of those. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. they had yeah. summer houses. But they didn't, they didn't have private jets to spend it on. They didn't no. have Gucci bags and stuff. They spent it on homes. That, that's, yeah. that's, that was the only thing to, to show how big a dick they had right then was to show they had a lot of money. <laughs> so um, this is not going to be politically correct. At least your first day at law school, my buddy Chuck Smith that we talked about a ago, his first day at law school, he has a car stolen. But that's the difference between Houston and Lubbock. He never told you that story, did he? He never did. Yeah, he got his car stolen. He called me that day. From Houston? Somebody, somebody stole Houston's my car. Boy. He said, <laughs> what, man? Walked around the parking lot four hey, or five times. Hey, <laughs> hey, I had a truck stolen. It was on a trailer in, in, in Houston, and it was parked at my cousin's apartment complex just for just for a Saturday night, right? It was a drag truck. And I, I disconnected the the from my Suburban, changed it up to a dumpster and stuff in the apartment complex. If we went out that night, came back the next morning, it was gone, right? So I filed... All the crap, you know, and then about a month later, I don't hear nothing go down there to get with the Houston police. I'm like, hey, what are the odds of me getting my truck back? He said, well, I can't give you odds, but I can tell you that last week we had three police cars stolen from right outside of the back. <laughs> yeah. I said, oh, my God. I said, well, I guess that's gone. Then. I'm, I'm, yeah. out of there. I'm glad you told me about that, about Chuck. I did not know we had something in common. 
Because your car got stolen when you were at law school, too? Yes, sir. Uh-uh. In Lubbock. Really? In Lubbock, yeah. What, what were you driving? A Mazda 626. Why in the hell no. would they steal that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can tell you why. I know exactly why. Why? Because the keys were in it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what was important. That was not what was important. What was important was that was in 1998, and Dave Matthews and Tim Reynolds were on a tour, an acoustic tour by themselves. Yeah. And I had put tickets to a show that I had scalped in the glove box because <laughs> oh. I didn't want to get to New Mexico and not have tickets. Right. And they went the car. And they went oh. the car. So somebody got a free car and some tickets to a concert. Yeah, but they didn't show up at the concert because I still went. <laughs> and the guy I scalped them from talked the front de- the front office into giving me some more. Uh-huh. They were front row seats, front center. I was as close to you as right now as I was today, Matthew and Tim Reynolds. And I missed that car. You missed he, the car. He, he was, was you, you wasn't there thinking about your car, though, was you? Was no. you know, Dave Matthews? No, I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That messes it up, don't it? Mm. <laughs> He's kind of going crazy a little bit, Dave Matthews. Oh, he has, sure. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. There were some videos circulating, like some. He's. Looked like he was like possessed on stage, just doing these weird dances and does, all sorts of all stuff. The, but he's been doing that for man. He's always done that. That's, ever that's since just, I've ever watched him play, he does. Yeah. Uh, he's he good was, though. Yeah, I love his music. John Mayer. What was he way. like uh, live and acoustic? Was it even better? Oh yeah, yeah. it was. That's ridiculous. Man. Is yeah, he your music guy? Try to be. Can we got a quote? We have we have a couple of battles on here. We disagree on. Who's the greatest guitar player of all time? I'm kind of coming mm-hmm. around, so. Hmm. Um, I mean, what? Con- give me context here. Just the best. The best. The best. When, of when all, you, man, when have you, you ever think... heard some of those guys that play the Mexican music? You know, those guys that play twelve string guitars sometimes are way, way, well, I've way, seen, way more technical than. than I've like, sang Lu Cucaracha in Puerto Rico with a band one time. So, <laughs> right, but okay, there you go. Let's, well, let's, but no, the the rock and roll. Rock and roll. I mean, if, if we're going to talk acoustic, Roy Clark's one of the greatest guitar pickers of all time. Uh, Vince Gill. Yeah, you know, but Vince we're Gill. talking. Guitar players rip. I said I, I said Prince. I'll I just said, let you know who I, I said, said Eddie Van Halen because I don't think there's anybody any better than Eddie. Oh, Van. There's some as good as Eddie, but there ain't nobody any better than. I mean, Eddie. but there's guys like Steve Vai. There's well, uh, Jeff Beck. But how do you get away from Stevie Ray Vaughan? It's Stevie right. Ray Vaughan. Stevie Ray Vaughan, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Vaughan was a good one. He's a top five too. But I say Eddie Van Halen was the greatest. And then Andy goes, "Well, has Eddie Van Halen Bucking, played Andy anybody Buckingham? else's music? Eddie Van Halen can play anybody's no, music or could have." What all started this is. I edit these podcasts, and a lot of times I'm up late at night, and I'm on U- I upload it to YouTube, and Prince was playing a cover of something, and he absolutely just destroyed it and made it his own. And I thought, my goodness. And I've never seen Eddie Van Halen. I've never seen it on YouTube. That's the whole thing that brought it up. And that's why I said, does has Eddie Van Halen ever played anybody else's Listen, stuff? Listen, have you ever seen uh, oh Adam uh, Levine's remake of Ad- Prince Purple, Purple Rain? Rain? Yeah. yeah. So see what I'm saying? Even in yeah. that context, he's a, that dude, Adam's played that better than Prince did. Right yeah. there, right? He's brilliant with yeah. that. Yeah, so there's just so many brilliant up. guitars when it comes to that level. Man. Purple Rain? Purple Rain. Dude. Oh, Adam, look up when look you get at home. Adam Levine, Purple Rain, when he okay. did the cover, it is off the chain. I'm, I'm telling you. We're out here. In so? a cotton field in uh, Northwest Texas. Matthews to us, dude. Yeah, you're well, but you talking about Purple Rain? You then then you haven't lived till you listen to Dwight Yoakam do Purple oh, Rain. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, I'll check that. I'll check really? that out. If you I've check. never heard it, I didn't even know he did. Dwight Yoakam did Purple Rain. Really, a bluegrass version of Purple Rain. Really? Wow, I've was... never fucking heard that, man. <laughs> I'll <laughs> check it out. You check out Adam Levine's Purple Rain, and we'll we'll, we'll know. But Eddie again. Van Halen, when he come out, when Michael Jackson was on tour. And he did the opening 
for I think it was Beat It or Billy Jean or whatever it was, and he plays that guitar. The guy is the greatest guitar player, and that was the biggest fuck up of his career because he did not take any music rights with that. He told Michael Jackson he wasn't worried about it. He wrote that. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine the percentage of everything from that Thriller album? How much money would have got? If he'd just got fifty cents for every album, multi millions. Yeah, just nuts. Well, since I drove up your driveway uh-huh. to this compound. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking around. I, I think you pro- y'all probably have a fairly good idea of how to make money. So all this stuff, this is impressive. It never would have occurred to me that somebody should have tapped in. I've been more on the artist side. I was just out there make, making noise and enjoying it instead of worrying about the business end of it. That's right. what you would have done? That's what so I would have done. So you would have done like deal. Well, don't let this place fool you, you know. The bank owned this for years. We finally got it paid <laughs> off. But we have no money. <laughs> there is no money in yeah. this. Well, it's a, it's a feudal relate, enterprise. I relate to that 100%. Yeah. There's four people sit, or five people it's, sitting in this room. Who lives in the country club here? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you, you're doing the right thing. I should have went to law school. He married good. But did you marry good? Yeah, you know it. Money-wise, did you marry good? At, at the time? No, not, re- not really. Getting there. No. <laughs> Does your wife have family have a lot of money? Hmm. See, because me and my wife let me was on a different that's trip. A, yeah, let that's me, a yes. Let yes. me tell you something about for that. Me it's, it's a hard, hard it's, no. Wally's a hard person to read. You know, he, he, the thing about Wally is, if he's got $5 million in the bank or $5 in the bank, he's going to act the same way. He's going to be the same Wally. You're not ever going to know or tell. He, he would. He would. So he, did he marry well? He married well. Okay, there you go. You're a smart man. See, I didn't do that. They're me and very, my wife both married are, poor. One of my favorite families I've ever met, Santiago Zaria. Yeah. I drove by that house when we did the we did the carriage ride every Christmas mm-hmm. and drive by there. One of my friends, they live in the same neighborhood as you do. Actually, I got a couple of friends down there, and one of them told me, and, and, and I never thought of it this way, they get mad at the carriage deals because they said them people don't give any money to charity, and they make a living off of all of us that decorate and spend a lot of money on our homes to make it pretty. She goes, I don't understand why we don't make them give a percentage of that to a kid's charity, and I never thought about that, and it made sense to me. Right. Is y'all spend a pretty penny to compete with your neighbors on best decorations? Yeah, I know what that guy makes on that too. I know the, the decorating guy, those cap parts. Yeah, yeah, them suckers are making some jack. He's making six figures a year on it. Yeah, well, he goes all over the country though too, and pulls that train to different places, different fairs. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about well, that guy makes money too. But the, the guys, guy that does the, but the, the light guys are making a shitload of money. Carries. Oh yeah, the light guys. Yeah, I putting the lights up and stuff. This fat fucker here in Knox City, I don't put my Christmas lights on. I pay somebody <laughs> to do mine too, but I ain't spending near the money people wish it off. No, they spend big money doing that. Yeah. Do you put your own lights on your house? Until I got up on the roof about three years ago. <laughs> nope, not, mm-hmm. I'm not doing that no more. Do you like Christmas lights? Because I absolutely hate them. The older I get, they are a pain in the ass. I like them now because like you can buy the, buy the fancy ones that put on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're all LED and they always work. Yeah. <laughs> That's the That's right. thing right there. That's right. I do like them. Yeah. I hate Christmas lights. My wife I like will come. We'll, I like putting them up. We'll come home from here at night, and she'll be like, "Oh, one strands out. Just turn them off, then if you ain't gonna get it fixed." Fuck, it sounds good to me. <laughs> turn them. I'll take like the LEDs. Yeah, yeah, they always the, fucking work. I hate man. Christmas lights, but I do. I have a guy I pay a kid to come put them on, and I pay a kid to come take them down. Or because if I take them down, they stay up for three years. No kidding. Because you get three years out of them. The first year, they're nice and beautiful. The second year, they're kind of phasey from the sand. We got so much sand out here. Third year, they're crystal clear. All, this, all the paint's blowing off of them. So I get three years out of them if I do them. All so right, so let me ask you this, because we didn't bring you all the way out here to talk about Christmas lights or guitar. Um, I want to know, how do you get ready for what you are about to see as a prosecutor? So you're a young prosecutor. You've seen some of the most heinous cases 
and you've seen some of the worst in human behavior, is there anything that can prepare you for that other than trial by fire? No. 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 I mean, because, I mean, uh, just reading some, I, I obviously did a little bit of homework on you. You've had some pretty tough cases. And, I mean, like, how do you, just reading and, and looking at the photographs and hearing eyewitness testimony about what had transpired between four walls, that's got to, that's, some of those things have to keep you up at night. Um, from time to time, maybe. Uh, grand jury. Grand jury comes through every two uh, two different grand juries a year. And I always tell them when they come in, look, you're going to hear in our little old spot on the map, hanging on to the bottom side of Oklahoma, <laughs> we got just as bad of people, we got just as much evil in our county as they do in Dallas and Houston and Austin, any place in the world. Right. And they don't believe me. Mm. At the end of their six months service, they said, you were absolutely right when he told us that. You're That's true. Uh, do I read about I don't. Thankfully, guys... Like Sergeant Sheehan, uh, major crimes, we're actually out there just after the fact. Mm -hmm. We actually see it when it's still, the blood's still fresh. fresh on the ground. Right. So it's not just reading about it. We actually smell it, yeah. right. walk through it. Yeah. I don't know. Well, your ability to compartmentalize that is uh, yeah, admirable for sure. Mm -hmm. I don't know how. Me, me, me and my wife talk about that same thing the other yeah. night when we were talking about this show. It was, I don't know, because. Just thinking about some of the stories that we talked about has been bothering me, right? Since then, I mean, I just couldn't get it out of my mind, right? Yeah. And I told my wife, I was like, I don't know how he does that every day, man. Right. Every day, go see that the worst, the absolute worst in humanity, and then go home mm -hmm. to such a wonderful wife, you know what I mean, and be able to leave that. I got, I got guys that work for me that can't leave their fucking birthday at the door, right? <laughs> you know, he, he leaves that at the door so he can be with his wife and family, right? You know, that's. Do you have an agreement with your wife? Like, I'm not going to talk. You don't want to know anything about my day? Not at all. No, she, you talk? The, she no. knows everything. Uh, well, I, I don't know if she knows She's everything. She's a lawyer, too. Though. She's a lawyer. She's oh, a lawyer, also. Okay. We met at Tech. Yeah. Boy, you've done a damn She's good a, job. <laughs> High five to you right there. Criminal defense lawyer. Oh, she is. Have, you ever, had, have you ever had to... Can't. The you can't, can't legally? Mm -hmm. no. no. So, let me ask you this. So the case? She, she would win. She would win. <laughs> But, She'd win before okay. we ever walked into the courtroom. <laughs> I don't want to ask you about any cases because I know you can't discuss anything. I want to ask you about the fentanyl stuff, though. Yes, sir. Because that is the thing driving force. I saw a ad in New York City in Harlem, I believe, Sunday or Monday, and it showed a pin drop, and it said this much fentanyl can kill 100 people or something or whatever it's it like was. like on the tip of a big pin. What, or whatever it was, which the, the, the ad was misleading because they use fentanyl in surgery some, correct? Yes, Blake but, had fentanyl. When he burned his hand real bad on his hot rod, they yeah. gave him fentanyl. Well, they give uh, cancer patients fentanyl patches. They, yes. They wear patches and stuff on them. It's been around for a minute, right? Right. It's for a long just, time. It's just now, uh, they're just now figuring out how to turn it into a powder form, right? And so and to use it for cut. That, that's my question. So the law is real vague on a lot of things. Everything's, bla every, He's gonna say everything's no, black and white, but life's gray. As an attorney, they took that ability out of you when you went to law school because I've <laughs> noticed confused. that with lawyers all the time. Am I right, Officer Sheehan? There, there's some gray there, area. There's a gray right. area in life. Open to interpretation. Life, life right. is not black and white, but attorneys, they, 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 they plug that out of you. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how they do it, but they do that. When Chuck went to law school, he was completely different when he came back because he lost all his gray area. Everything was black and white then. How, if you sell someone some pills with fentanyl in it and they die, is that capital murder? Depends. 
But listen. Okay, I'm ready here, for this. Here's the gray. Listen, let me tell you, let me add this to that before he says anything. You're going to have a hard time convincing me that that guy, okay, you got a different, think about it from this perspective, okay? That's that, that dealer, that's his job, right? So why would he want to buy something to cut his dope with that's going to kill his customers? Right. That's a good point. And you're just going to have a hard time convincing me that he knew that he was doing that. Right. He's not he, wanting to kill his base. Right. He makes There's his no money. way he's going to want to kill his customers. He can't, he can't, he's going to go out of business. Be like somebody it's hunting out here and everybody go right there, right? You know? Shot on the hunt. So is it right. a byproduct of uh, just something stupid like a car accident and a drunk driver? No. It's pure capital murder to you. Well, first off, let's make sure we understand what capital murder Okay, is. not capital. Let's just go with the murder one okay. or whatever you call it. And I don't want to bore your listeners and talk dry legal stuff and cut, well, cut, chop up. Just cut it. But just talk about murder and what we're doing in Wichita County. We we recognize fentanyl is a massive problem. Yes. Yes. I'm not trying to be silly. It's, it's huge. Massive. Huge. The other part of it is that it's here. It's already here. It's everywhere. The the wave has crashed over the breakers, and we're all getting wet. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Yes. It, it is surrounding us. What we're doing in Wichita, I promise to answer your question. If that drug dealer is selling what he calls Percocet, Perks, M30s, mm-hmm. but he knows that, that those pills have fentanyl, he's not really selling Percocet. No, he's selling, selling fentanyl. fentanyl. No, he's selling fentanyl. Selling, no matter what he calls right. it, he's selling fentanyl. Yeah, he, he knows what he's selling. Yes. So he knows. My deal is, though, Doby, Percocets don't come with fentanyl in them. That's right. M30s don't come with fentanyl in them. So somebody somewhere has taken perks that are real perks, real M30s, and broke them down, cut them with fentanyl, and put them back in. They have a pill popper or let a me, pill popper machine. Let me, I'll address that, too. Okay. So that, okay that, now you've got to get south of the border. And actually, you've got to get across the water to India and China. That's where it's coming from. That's where it's coming yes. from. That's where this, these pharmaceutical plants, <laughs> I mean, manufacturing plants, right. are kicking out the powder that's getting sent over through South America to the cartels. And they're getting their pill presses that look like M30s. And they're, they're shooting out these little pills. I don't know why they all say M30 on them. I mean, it's the damnedest thing. But they're all the same. They're all the same. Got the same stamp on them. I don't know why they don't just mix them all up. But they're not. It's not at it's all a way of identifying them. Well, they're not hydrocodone, which is one Percocet. M thirty M thirty is Percocet. Is that is that just that's, a, a, that's a, it's just a peel type. You that's know what the, I mean? That's the imprint. Yeah, on the on the peel on the, the Percocet per, peel. Right, it's M thirty. Right. Says M thirty. Yes, it's a, got an M on one side and a thirty, 30 on, on the, the other. other side. And true Perker actually say Perk. On it, a true Percocet, or have a P on it. Uh, there's there's a couple ways of telling. Percocets are actually coated too, coated pill. Uh, the ones that they're putting out aren't coated. There's, that's one way you can tell which ones are fake and which but ones ain't. These people that are buying these pills, when somebody goes to buy drugs, I've never bought drugs, so I'm asking you this, James. Okay. Well, you sold drugs. I don't know if you bought some, but you've sold some. Plenty. Yeah. <laughs> but when you go to a place to buy drugs, you're expecting to buy Percocet. You're not asking to buy fentanyl, are you? Well, that, it just depends. It okay, just depends. so these, now this is the question for the, the, problem the prosecutor in. now. So if if I go to a house and I say, hey, I want to buy some fentanyl, and they give me one of these pills and I take it and I die, that's as much on me as it is that got to give it to me, isn't it? Because if I bought cocaine from him 
and I die of a coke overdose, that's on me, not him. I don't have well, the experience yet of of having a the victim or a user out in the market looking to buy fentanyl. Well, it was always and, I wanted to buy something else. Well, they they're going to talk about it in terms of Percocet. Well, and also this, this doing what we're doing doing what we're doing right here it goes a long ways to helping his situation, right? Because they can't. Uh, hide behind ignorance, right? The more that we can put it out there, the more that we can tell the parents, the people, the people know, and we can get the message out about what's going on and how this is working, then the more you're going to remove the ignorance for those guys, so they're not going to be able to go to court and say, well, I didn't know that was going on, right? Or I didn't know they were... Yeah, but the victim, though, they know they're getting fit in order. They think they're no, just they buying think they're Percocet. Getting Percocet. But you can't... You haven't had anybody go on the streets yet undercover to buy just fentanyl. Is that right, officer? So no one's going undercover and saying, I want to buy some fentanyl from you. No, please. These people that are buying this, they're seeking out fentanyl. That's what they're after. Yeah. Perk is just like marijuana's weed. Fentanyl so the customers are actually know what they're buying. They're yes. trying to buy fentanyl. They and they're stupid asses. Picking, Listen, like they just picked Perk. They just picked Percocet to do that. They could have picked Vicodin, fucking any pill they wanted to. It just so happens that Percocet has been what they have chose, and so that's what's carried over. So that that's how they. And, and don't get hung up in this. This fentanyl's getting delivered in just a Perk. It comes in Xanax bars. Right. It comes in Adderall tablets. The reason they're using that is the perk stamp, the dye that they use in a pill press is cheaper than buying a big. You have to limit your amount of fentanyl because a big pill of fentanyl is nobody can take that. Right. Yeah, you're out there. So they're seeking out the perk just because of the size of the pill. I guess I don't even know how small a perk is, so I don't have a clue. But I'm assuming uh, like an aspirin, Tylenol, Advil, yeah. like Tylenol size or something, Advil, yeah. So the the these so as a as a grandparent of grandkids, I worry about my grandkids getting these pills that someone's going to play. Oh, it's candy. It's like a, yes. a, a piece smarty. of a smarty or something. Mm-hmm. So these people aren't pressing it and making it look like candy then. They're not trying to get kids hooked on this shit. They're just trying to sell it, and it's killing people, and people are taking it by accident. Or do you think there's some actual dr- users out there that are trying to get kids hooked on this shit? I think every drug dealer is in the get- world is trying to get everybody hooked on it. I think he's looking to build his audience, but that goes with what I was saying earlier. They're not intentionally uh, you know, to trying kill to kill people. their audience, right? You know, They are trying to get their audience, but they're not trying to kill them. So you need to look at where, where that's coming from, that that percentage, because that's where you're going to find you. Except that... They know, the dealers know that perks, that fentanyl is in fact fatal. Right, and they know it's killing people. They now. know it's and killing it's people. They know it's dangerous. So there is a listen, man. R- they should be running from that shit. They should yeah. be nowhere around fucking with any of that shit. I can't imagine a dealer right now fucking with that and thinking that that's what? a good thing. So know? is this what it looks like right here? Is that an accurate representation? These blue. Perk. That looks like very Xanax like. That was like an M30 in a way, don't it? Yeah. That's an M30 perk. Right? Yeah. That's an M30 perk. That ha- that is fentanyl. Yes. And it's in a Skittles package. Now, were they trying to pass? Were they just trying to get this across the border, or were they? That's gonna, what I would guess. So, oh, sure. so they're not trying to get. That's how they're smuggling it. They're yes. not trying to get a kid to buy a package of Skittles at the Allsup's. They don't care. I wouldn't say that that's their target audience, but I will right. say that they don't give a shit. Because they, I mean, they, would, it, they don't care if it gets your kids. You but know? that's a way to if smuggle them in. Even a dry, even a guy that's selling them out of his car could have a bag of skiggles there and says, you know, and and maybe right, an officer right. will think, well, he's just got it's not right. he's not selling dope. So right. that's that. I could see where they're camouflaging it that way. What are Wichita County has y'all have arrested some people for murder? Yes, sir. For this unfinished, I haven't seen it anywhere else. I I've watched the Abilene news and I haven't right. seen Abilene. Have you, Andy? 
I haven't been watching. All it. I, well, I, I mean, I see it on social media, but Wichita County is the only one. What what are, what kind of charges if you sell something and someone dies from overdose? What are we looking at? Fifty years in prison, twenty years in prison, a hundred years life? What, I mean, what's going on? Five to ninety nine or life. Five to nine. That's a very broad scope. Well, you got to figure out what you can get them charged with. You know, well, well, that's that's for murder, and that's based on a theory of what we call felony murder. It's a it's a felony level offense to deliver penalty group one drugs or penalty group two to a person. I'm not trying to be boring. Fentanyl, penalty fentanyl is a penalty group one drug. If I deliver, give you a pill, even if you don't pay me for it, if I just hand it to you, and I know it's I know it's fentanyl, and I know that fentanyl is dangerous, and you take it and die, you have I have now caused you to do. Do an act. I've done an act clearly dangerous to human life in giving you that pill that you have taken voluntarily, but I knew what was in it. Therefore, it's our position that you have. I have now murdered you. How is, that you, how you cause, is that something causation or something? What is that called? Causation. How how do you prove that they knew what it was? Is that where a good job comes in on your part? Like how no, do you? No, it's a good job on their part. on their part. Let's yeah. get him. James, and, switch with and, him. and also on our part, because you know, removing the ignorance about it goes a long ways. Because you you can argue that they, you know, if, if the more you, we do this, the more it's in their face, the more it's around. There's no way they can say they didn't know about it. You know? That's right. Switch with Brian real quick. I'm gonna get you on right here because this is gonna be some cop questions. And then we'll, and then we'll get the criminal. We'll get the <laughs> the, the expert, the expert, the actual expert in it. Watch those cameras right there. Is the only thing. Dobie, there, there, there you go. It's a, it's a little. Dobie's like me. Dobie likes biscuits. I don't know. Boy's trying yeah, to squeeze around here. Yeah, just squeeze. There you go. You're good. You're good. Okay. All right. You are the first person that sat here that had a uh, that I know about that had a pistol on their hip. So. Now, I bet there's been somebody else, but you're the first person that sat here with a badge because yes. everybody else that's got a badge yes. is scared to be on here. <laughs> so I set you up. When, in Wichita County, you go. Do you, you probably don't do undercover buys. You've got guys that do that, or y'all've got different deals. But you're you're the one that goes and investigates. Yes, sir. We work the death investigation. So lately, recently, y'all just had a weekend where y'all had three or four people die from fentanyl. Am I right, or is it two? It was three. It was three that died of four. fentanyl, and they all come from the same situation, right? Yes, the same sir. batch. And you hear about that in towns, and you hear about towns, the big cities where there's ten or fifteen people die. And so, if you get that case, when that is that dealer, does he know? That he's in trouble as soon as that happens. Oh yes, yeah. As soon as we we'll go to the hospital and we'll have a series of overdoses or whatever. By the time we can get from the hospital back to the, the dealer, they've already taken their dope. They've moved it around and things like that. They're, the word gets out to them faster than the word can be passed around by us. And how how long have you been doing what you do? Uh, twenty eight years. Twenty eight years. Have you ever had to do a case for a death from uh from cocaine? Yes. You have? Did yes. y'all do the same kind of prosecution on someone there, or is it just because they took too much of it? It's. I'm not saying it's a penalty group one drug, mm-hmm. so we would do the same thing. The um, investigation part of it might be a little bit more complex with because fentanyl kills you so fast. Right. How so, fast are we talking? From, in, from two adjusting to six minutes. It? No shit. Oh, wow. Does Narcan even help on it? Yeah, Narcan will, and uh, matter of fact, one of our officers just recently uh, got out to an overdose where a guy was probably in minute number five of six and popped him with the Narcan and woke him back up. Uh, 
it, it you know so it happens but you've got to get there pretty quick usually yeah. these dopers they don't really care about anybody other than themselves so if they've got a a partner that he's overdosing there they're more worried about having to deal with us right because he's sick so they'll just dump him out on the side of the road they'll leave him in a car for six hours and then come back and oh drag this just a little bit closer to you tell, just yeah pull it pull it right on up there you go can you talk about that? That's probably not something you talk about. That's street knowledge, though. What about the? Here's a. What about the kid? The 14 year old kid. It was in. He was from Olney, right? And then they probably can't talk about this either. Can you? No, that's an ongoing. investigation. Yeah, that's, they can't talk about that. I can't tell you one thing since you brought up this. That is one of the biggest problems with this fentanyl is that it is attractive to kids that are 13, 14, and 15 years old. Why, Why? is that? It's because of the high you get from it. All, 28 years I've been in law enforcement in Wichita Falls. And when I started out in the late 80s, the 90s, and stuff like that, crack was the, the drug of choice. Everybody wanted to smoke crack cocaine. Uh, then early 2000s, it moves away from that, and it goes into methamphetamine. And Nazi methamphetamine, that's all anybody wants. Let me see how much pseudoephedrine I can buy so I can squirt some anhydrous on it and make me some methamphetamine. <laughs> and now, the with the legalization of marijuana uh, and it being so readily available... It's not good enough. They like this... I don't give a crap feeling. And that is what this drug provides. Well, you remember when we was in high school, man, and... Have, have you ever dealt? I I am the most undrug person in the world. I've never smoked marijuana in my life. Never in my life. I've never. I ain't been drunk twenty times in my life because I know when I'm about to get drunk, I do not like to feel like shit, so I quit drinking. Now I drink, but I'm not. But but I've never done any type of drug, illegal drug in my lifetime. I could have been a druggie because a hydrocodone is the greatest feeling in the world whenever I have to take one of them some bitches. I don't like hydrocodone. Oh, man, I'm telling you. I had my tonsils out. It was the greatest the liquid. Oof, that shit was good. I could understand how people get on drugs. I do. But I've never smoked pot or nothing in my life. I used to be anti-marijuana. Now I'm pro-marijuana. They need to make it medicine for people. It does a lot of good in the world. As a police officer, you probably completely disagree with me. But have you ever mm. seen anybody that was just high on marijuana. on marijuana that caused a problem or or died from it. Well, that's a problem with the legalization of marijuana. Used to, in the late 80s, when you got marijuana and it come from, it was either locally grown out here on the Brazos River or it right. come from Mexico or something, the THC quality, quantity is so low right. that it gives you that hey, yeah. kind right. of feeling. But now, because they synthetically make this stuff, and they're boosting the THC content so much that yeah, it's a completely different. But are they violent, or are they just fucking yes. stoned out of their mind? Yes, they're. So you are dealing with some violent stuff on yes. marijuana now. But yes. it's when it when it's synthetic. Is that or is it just any marijuana? Just talking high, about like the K two, or are you talking about just? I think they're probably mixing it with other things. Okay, right. The, the, the super high levels of THC. The the, the reason the the reason that I would be pro legalization of marijuana is I am afraid of with all the other stuff that's out there with it getting cut with something else. 
something that will right. like fentanyl that will kill you, and that w- then you're in trouble. If you're just if you just got marijuana, that straight marijuana, or the old shit from the '80s that you know you just kind of got that feeling. My thinking is is if we legalized it, it would be regulated. And you would know exactly what you're purchasing. You're not getting it from a back alley drug dealer that may or may not have knowingly mixed it with something else. Don't you think there's always going to be a black market? Yes. For marijuana? I mean, we haven't for, there's not for alcohol anymore, is there? That's because you got those politicians. Look at at the state of Colorado where marijuana is legal. As a matter of fact, you can smoke marijuana in public. It's about the most liberal state there is with marijuana. Their law enforcement up there does more state enforcement to control black market marijuana Why? than they do anything else because the government's not getting the tax dollars from it. But that's but that's it the right there. If if, we'll, if the federal government would regulate it, we could get rid of the black market by it being legal. You won't ever get rid of it because you're with with regulated marijuana. You've got taxes you've got to pay. You've got the overhead costs that's associated. Somebody to make a dollar is always going to come in and undercut well, that. But we don't hear about buy tax-free cigarettes. You know what I mean? But we don't hear about bathtub gin or anything anymore because alcohol is legal. There's still a lot of moonshining going on. There's still some moonshining going on. Yeah, there's still it's going on. Now. It's just not big, big deals of it. Right. But it is. But that that would be that would be why I would want to see it legalized is because and there's not a lot of money in alcohol. There's a lot really? of money in dope. Really? Yes. More so than alcohol. Okay, back to you, Wally. Is that your name now? Are you Wally? Did you call him Wally a minute ago? That's my oh, father-in-law. Oh, okay, I'm, I got confused by that. Oh, that's a compliment. Okay. But <laughs> that's like calling somebody from Louisiana Kunas. They love that. Okay. When you uh, when you go in these cases with this fentanyl stuff, first of all, I can't imagine dealing with the parents you have to deal with on a situation like this because some of them are completely never had any idea their kids were involved in this shit. What... How long until someone dies from fentanyl do you know it's a fentanyl case? Do you know immediately, or does it take after you get a toxicology report? Always going to have to wait till the toxicology report. So uh, they will know. I say they. I'm motioning to Sergeant Sheehan. They're going to know really quick that they suspect. What they suspect. Right. right. Uh, and now it's very – it's reasonable to – Believe that there's fentanyl associated, certainly the, the man well, with the death. dangerous to you, so you might automatically suspect that now. Right? right. Like you want to automatically be on the watch for that. But right. You don't want to get caught touching something or something else. It'll take about two to six weeks to get a tox- long? toxicology. So it's yeah. not like CSI where well, yeah. you walk downstairs and you got a toxicology <laughs> report. I tell the jury that every single time. You have neon lights here in this room, but. Yes. Police department does not have a fancy lab with neon lights and stainless steel and you know, runway models as actresses. I never understood. It was always dark in the lab. Like, aren't these places like well lit? Like, we're, we're in CSI Las Vegas, and it's always dark in the place. Like, I'm sure they have to see something. DNA. Yeah, DNA. You're talking about an eight month, eight to twelve month turnaround on a DNA case Holy when somebody's ki- when somebody's sexually assaulted or killed. Eight months. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like Horatio. If you're lucky. If months. you're lucky. Now, now, so how do you... Let's go to DNA real quick. And I we, didn't mean to throw you off. That was just an example. No, no, no. But I want to know, like, my DNA is not anywhere. Sure? It's not been taken. You don't think? Yeah, it is. Where? You've had surgery. They keep, they keep my... No blood type. No, I mean, but, I mean, just you're not. But I mean, how? how you're are probably they gonna, not in the DNA database. That's what I'm saying. Does everybody goes to prison? Do they get under the DNA? Yes. Do they swab them? Yes. 
That's why they want you to drink. That's why they want to give you coffee whenever you go in the interrogation room. I know your, I know your secrets. Listen, have a cup of coffee, and then I got your DNA when you throw it away. I know all the secrets, Jeff. We watch 48 but, Hours. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a Netflix that makes documentary. Like, back, back to the fentanyl, though. So when, when, as soon as you think it's a fentanyl deal or any drug overdose, you automatically are starting an investigation, right? Let's say, let's say Johnny goes to... Takes too many pills and dies by accident. Because there's accidental overdoses. What do you mean? One pill. One pill. But there's accidental overdoses. Guys die all the time. I think a football player's brother died of an accidental overdose the other day. But it happens. Yes. So when you find out it's an accidental overdose, are you still going after the dealer? That's what my question was about the cocaine earlier. If someone snorts coke and they die of a heart attack, are you after that guy the same as you are the fentanyl? Because they're still selling a product that killed them. But the guy taking the cocaine had no plans of dying. He thought he was just going to get high. The guy taking the fentanyl knows that his life's in jeopardy, I think. I really do. I think if you take fentanyl, you're willing. It's so good, you're willing to risk that. Oh, yeah. They go out of their way. To, as a matter of fact, they seek out. The, yes. The higher quality of the dope, people that people seek out a dealer that they know has dealt that is overdose people because he's getting better dope. Boy, people are fucked up. But, but on a what? cocaine so, deal, yeah. but on a coke Crazy. deal... Jeez. Are you going to prosecute the same on a guy dealing coke, knowing knowing that the only way you're going to die from taking cocaine, unless you have a allergic reaction or heart attack, is going to be by over by taking too much? I mean, yes, I know it's splitting it's, hairs it's here. It's the same penalty group, so yes, it's the same elements of the charge. Uh, have y'all ever have y'all ever filed charges on a coke dealer for murder? No, but that would be hard to prove. It would that's, be that's it what would I'm be a at. more difficult case for us to prove. Even these fentanyl cases that we're charging murder. They're very difficult cases. I mean, the yeah, evidence we have to have is I have to prove that he knew. And Dobie can jump in if I'm wrong, but what we're looking at at our standard is I have to be able to prove that the pill you give me was the pill that I took, which is the pill that killed me. You see all the links in the chain yes. that have to go together? It can't be you sold me a pill and I took it, and then I went to him and bought a pill, and I took it because then we got too many links. The link in the chain's been broke, so um. it's it's hard to prove that that person intentionally killed that person because we're back to that one thing: it's self responsibility. Nobody wants to be responsible for themselves. Now, if you sell someone something that's tainted, that you know that you meth, for example, I've never don't know shit about meth, but I'm assuming you can make meth with some stuff that could kill people pretty damn easy. You don't think so? I, I know the resident expert in the room <laughs> tell me I'm crazy, but I was prosecuting a whole lot of meth cooks, dealers, users for murder. Never. That's what. That's what. I'm because saying. people weren't people died from methamphetamine overdoses. That did happen, but it wasn't like this. But there wasn't an ill intent. Typically, it's very hard to but your body. Your body doesn't have the same physiological addiction that it does to uh, opiate. Yeah, the, the you can metabolize amphetamine. What he's saying about the addiction is uh, the what, best way it was explained to us is methamphetamine is going to be ninety percent mental on the addiction, ten percent physical. With this fentanyl, heroin, Reverse. it is ninety percent physical, ten percent mental. Once you get addicted to this, your body has, has to, to have it, and crazy. you will do whatever it takes to get it. Opiates right. replace your body's ability to make dopamine and adrenaline, right? 
Spot you're, on. You're replacing it with pharmaceuticals to give you that same ability to make it through the fucking day just to get up. Right. Well, meth is some serious <clears throat> shit because it's taken a lot of fucking guys I know that turned them into huffy riders and they ride bikes all over fucking every small town in America. Did, and that's bad. You give up your license to ride a bike. That's some yeah. heavy shit. But I don't know anybody that's addicted to fentanyl that I know of. Are they just not living long enough? Is that yeah. what it is? It's much more physiological addiction. It's, it's a, there's a physical addiction to, to fentanyl. Because yeah, and fentanyl, fentanyl is extremely potent, but it's right. still an opiate. It's an opiate. So it's no different than somebody that seeks out hydrocodone cough syrup. It's right. no different than somebody that Ooh, my back hurts. I got to go see my 12th doctor of the month, and I need some legitimate Percocet. It's an opiate. It's just a bigger blast of opiate. Opiates are physically addicted to your body, right? Like your body physically has to have them, and methamphetamine, they don't. Okay. It's all about in your head. So, Doby. Yes, sir. What what do you think on these these cases? What do you, do you you think long term, this is, we're we're nationwide, we're going to start locking up. Fentanyl dealers, like in a massive way. Well, I hope so. Well, I do too. But I'm just saying, or is this going to be the things that the courts are just going to kick back all the damn time? No, I think I think once you can, once a prosecutor is bold enough to take that step and deal with all the issues that you've rightly brought up, and you can show that it can be done, then I think there's going to be there's going to be a cry from the public to deal with this. There has to be. I can't imagine right now still there ain't people like the person who sold all this fentanyl to these people in Wichita Falls. I can't believe did, did Are they out on bail? Not. Because y'all put a million dollar bond on them, didn't you? Well, they no, they're not. Somebody else the two. Position, like right now. There's already somebody filling this position. Well, I wanted to get back to that, that picture, but the two folks that are in jail right now on the fentanyl related murders, they're, they're still in jail. One of the the guy that was re- arrested first, he had previously been arrested for selling. He had been caught with fentanyl in his possession, and he had bonded out immediately. But now that he's in, he has not bonded out again. What's important, I think, it, it fits into the mishmash of all this. All those pills up there, each one of those pills is getting sold for twenty bucks a shot. There's twelve thousand pills at L.A. International. That's what it says there. So twenty dollars at twelve thousand. That's a that's. Yeah, that's a lot of change. Yeah, and that's one reason that it is. That's the problem because it it's cheap to make. Now, what's that, what's that pill cost? Twenty dollars, James. I'm going to ask you because you're going to know probably more than four dollars to make. Four dollars to make. Four dollars to, to buy it in bulk. If I go and buy a thousand fentanyl pills in Dallas, I'm paying four bucks a pill. I'm coming back to Wichita Falls and I'm selling it from twenty to thirty five dollars a pill. If you had your own pill press, and you could get. Well, I'm no. at the easy four dollar deal here. I'm thinking myself. I'm thinking, some bitch, I'm in the wrong business. Now, let me let I me would. ask you this real quick. One of those pills right there. If 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 I were to take it, I weigh 180 pounds. Is that going to kill me? Don't know. Because you don't. Everybody's different. No, because every pill is different. I see. Because they take the the powder. Right. You throw it into That's a the, bucket. But you answered the million dollar question that everybody's asking right now. Go ahead. I'm sorry. This is the question. They throw the, the the cartel. I'm blaming the cartels, but no. whoever's making the whoever's pressing the pills, they take the the fentanyl, mm-hmm. the dope, the, the the chemical, throw it in the bucket. They throw it in their pill machine, and they just make pills. Whereas if you had a pharmaceutical grade 
fentanyl pill. Pill ma- manufactured here right. in the United States that the FDA had control over, they would know precisely how much fentanyl is in a pill. You asked, you answered what everybody exactly wants what to know. Because I I did not understand yeah. that. I couldn't understand why one thing kills you and you're not. That pill there may have 10% fentanyl on it, and the next pill may have 38%. Well, That's absolutely right. And also, it does matter. Your body does matter because you're, how your body's going to react to it, you don't even know until you first take it. And the, only, and the only gripe I have with that statement, he's right, but it takes such a minute amount of fentanyl anyway to be lethal. It only takes three grains of sand worth to, to kill yeah, a person. You've got to understand the, the opiate addiction process, too. Is uh, and, and we've seen this. We went back and improved it up in investigations. But uh, your body with opiates builds up an addiction. So today I may take one pill. And if I keep using it, tomorrow I take one pill. Then the next day that one pill a day is not getting me quite as high. So I moved to two pills a, a day. You build up a tolerance to it. Oh, yeah. right. Well, then... Uh, despite what anybody might say, if you stop taking fentanyl, you get off of it, you go through the withdrawals, you're going to get sick. Yeah. You get really you sick. Yes. Uh, but then you get over your withdrawals. It doesn't really have a whole lot of side effects on your body. But then... Once you're through the withdrawals. You're still struggling with your addiction, and you go on rocking and rolling for about three weeks, and then you decide, ah, one more I, want, I want to... Hit it again, so you go back out, and they'll try to use the same amount that they were using before then, and their body can't handle it, and they're dead right where they. Well, oh, the, the yeah. thing though, you, you have to build the tolerance of if you're going to be doing that kind of shit. I did not understand, and I'm, I'm sure 90 percent people listening to this, the way you explained it made sense because I kept thinking, well, fuck, they give it to you at a hospital. Why aren't people just dropping dead from the pills there? Because they, they know exactly it's a controlled amount. Because you're getting fentanyl when you have surgery and stuff, it's a controlled amount. And there's not a there's there's not a danger no more than taking a hydrocodone. You may have allergic reaction to die from it, but you're not gonna die well, from it. They're also in an environment where they can reverse the effects of it, like right now. Mm-hmm. Right. But I see these videos of these police officers open up a pouch with fentanyl and they crash all of a sudden and they gotta give Narcan to a police deal. Y'all have to use gloves and everything with this fentanyl, don't you? Oh yeah. It goes through it can be absorbed through the skin. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it can be. Uh, it's more dangerous. They say, like, um, we haven't seen any of the powder fentanyl where they're actually pressing it out. Now, the reason we don't see powder fentanyl where they're pressing it out in Wichita Falls is because it's too easy to go down to Fort Worth and buy it. Yes. You don't have to You don't have to deal with all that. Uh, so that's where it's real light, stays in the air. Mm-hmm. You're ingesting it. Right. It's odorless, tasteless. You know, you don't know you're getting it into it until you've got too much, and then it's it's too late. So... We deal with the pills, but like those fentanyl pills, I can pick them up barehanded, and they're probably not now. I probably don't need to be putting my fingers in my mouth after I've done it and stuff like well, that. There's also but, the difference between the real ones and the ones that are fake, because the real ones are coated, and they won't absorb through your skin if when you handle them. The fake ones, a lot of them that are pressed don't have that coating on So if you go so and you're going to buy fentanyl and it's not coated, can. you're taking your life in your own hands. The coated ones are... The well, real fentanyl. Well, like Percocets. They're coated yeah. and stuff. That's okay, how it's they not the fentanyl. It's real Percocets. Okay, so 
this is going to be a dumb question. When you watch the old cop shows, like cut open a bag of cocaine and the cop puts his knife in it and he puts it on his tongue and says, that's just cocaine. You're not testing shit that way, are you? No, that's kind of like getting DNA back. That's in right. Four hours. <laughs> I, I saw there, there's a funny video. It's got Robert De Niro and Eddie Murphy. And Eddie Murphy's a TV cop. And anyway, he does the whole thing and he licks it. And Robert De Niro's a real cop. And he's like, what if that was cyanide? He's like, He's like, oh yeah, cocaine. Like, what if that had been cyanide? <laughs> you'd have just dropped. You'd have just dropped dead. But yeah, it's uh, it's scary. So, are you guys doing um the the school presentations? Because our little community, uh, we I don't know where they were brought in. It might have been Wichita Falls. Yeah, they did a whole uh, whole countywide schools. Like, listen, this is what you need to be aware of. Are you guys doing that also in Wichita Falls? Yeah, that's what my wife does. She's an officer at the Wichita Falls Police <laughs> Department. They've got the safe school program through Crime Stoppers. And they came out to I believe it was last week to Knox City. And they've been okay, going so to they've been the only I know uh some of the other schools, Iowa Park. What's what's kids are stupid. Exactly. And and kids are very naive. And I think one of the problems is people Especially, like, you're going to have a hard time convincing a 13-year-old kid that the something is this lethal. Like, I could take one pill, and I'm not breathing in five minutes. So, have you seen any of that when you're doing these seminars? Like, some of the kids kind of brush it off, or are most of them pretty receptive to what to the material that's being presented? It kind of just depends on the kid. Uh, a lot of them are surprised because the fact that, you know, getting it through their head that, this fentanyl pill and this fentanyl pill may be different. This one may kill you right. dead and this one may not. Um, so just putting that information out there, putting the information out in these uh, smaller communities too where where maybe you don't have as the bigger portion of the population that knows what this is and so they bring it and, hey, take this pill. You can get a pretty good buzz, you know, while you sit in class and nobody can – Tell that you're on it or whatever like that. Uh, so it's just it's just getting it out there. What, this is what this is. This is what it can do to you. Uh, they're still gonna make up their own mind, but well, again, that's what this situation right here is good for because right. every person in this room is going to be affected by somebody's death from fentanyl if we don't do something about this. So thing. right, well, this is a 25 right now, and under drug, isn't it? Mm, no, well we see. I've seen overdoses all the way from 50 on down. It's not really. That, but it is very popular with young people. What What's scary is I'm 54 years old, and I went through the Nancy Reagan. Don't do say no to say drugs. no to drugs. And this is your, you know, frying eggs. This yeah, is your, yeah. and it was marijuana and cocaine, and then it was crack, and then it was meth and ecstasy, and now we're getting. But the playing field keeps getting worse all the time. What's scary is is what is next after fentanyl, you know. It's hard to imagine what's next. That's what. That's, but, 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 How can they but, make anything more powerful than fentanyl? That's crazy. How powerful? But it is. The, but it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse all the time. Every I mean, we're like last thirty years. Crack cocaine. I, I know a lot of people that lost all their teeth, but I don't know anybody that died from crack. I'm sure there are some people that died of crack. I'm sure it happened lots of times. And I don't know a lot of people that died from meth, and I know there are people that have died from meth, but. Every one of them gets worse, and this fentanyl deal is fucking scary. I mean, it's scary that a kid, and just, just you're taking, when you're buying dope off the street, and now you're at a chance of playing life or death, and you just buy the wrong thing, and it's you said thirty five dollars, twenty to thirty five dollars a pill. How many pills a day are these kids taking? Uh, we've talked to people that 
You know, I start off snorting a quarter pill a day. So they're snorting this. They're not just taking it. Within 60 days, they're up to snorting nine a day. How do they afford that shit? very addictive. People burn through money. Yeah, but where do they get? I want to know where a 16-year-old kid is getting $200 a day for dope. Steal, rob. Go to the theft division police department. They'll tell you. Once... Once they uh, once they're addicted to it, they're gonna do whatever it takes. That's what this is. This is so bad. Once they get addicted to it, they have to have it. It is not only gonna drive your overdose numbers, your drug numbers, but everything that's related to this that we do. It's gonna drive your thefts through the roof. That's how they get their money. Your burglaries, your murders. Unfortunately, we are a little bit used to that with the meth, the yeah, meth epidemic. But meth's cheap. That. But the whole the whole culture with the meth, the meth craze, the meth lifestyle. This anecdote I don't have sixty five seventy percent of all crime in Wichita Falls is related directly to it was related directly to methamphetamine because it's all I mean all all, almost all of your financial crime is the same thing here too. It's it's small towns. It's 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 everywhere. Anybody that thinks they don't have it. Just, you know, because I was curious about the fentanyl because it's just been a six-month deal, really, that we've been hearing about. I know it's been longer than that. But the last six months, you've really heard more and more of it. And then when I was in the Northeast, there was multiple places that had signs about it. And I'm thinking this shit, because it's moved from Mexico up, correct? Correct. Yes. And and it's getting up there real bad, too. Well, it's coming on the coastlines, too, because it's coming from China. Right. Well, the coastlines like it, too, because one thing we never had around here in all my 28 years, we've never really had a whole lot of heroin problem. In the Northeast, California, they've got that heroin problem. Well, heroin is just a weaker form of fentanyl. So they're more used to, they're already seeking out that. I want that extra octane opiate that I can get. Uh, And we've never had that problem. That's what it moving in here. That's it's. They already had their markets established. Now, who... Is it just because this is so dangerous that we're seeing just kind of this all hands on deck from the prosecution side to the law enforcement side? Like, this is something that we, I mean, because, and here's my thing you're not going to put the genie back in the bottle. Like, we, everybody knows that it's out there. So, is the thinking if we make the penalty stiff enough, maybe that will curtail some of the, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Some of the allure of this drug? I think the, the penalty's always been there. The penalty's always been av- been available. It's the ability to implement the penalty, to bring it to bear on the folks that are doing this. Because I firmly believe that if you're selling, not you, if a person is selling fentanyl, right. they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They know the risk they're placing our community in, and they don't care. They don't care where it gets blasted. I, I understand James's argument that they don't want to take away customers. But they want to get this stuff out there so they can make more customers. That if they, they can kill get three more, people out of a thousand, they don't care because they they're going to have other people. They're gonna, right. Nature of horrors of vacuum. There's going to they're going to come back in. Somebody else is going to come back in. And at twenty to thirty five dollars a pill, they're making a that's ton what of I'm, money. I'm thinking about a kid that's so, taking four a day. That's a hundred and fifty dollar a day habit. That's a thousand a week. You know, and they don't have that kind of money. And then I'm thinking, some bitch that's got twelve or fifteen clients a day, he's making ten fifteen thousand dollars a week. Do they have? Well, I'm gonna get in trouble when I say this. What? Do they have sex organs? 
Oh, well, I know that's right. what they're using it for. You all can right. say whatever you want here. You ain't going to get in trouble here. Yeah. But they're selling their bodies and everything else. That's exactly right. And it happens all the time. Right there. And to answer your question about putting a genie bag in the bottle, right. you're not getting a genie bag in the bottle. You're just trying to make people aware that this will kill you. If I arrest somebody for a state jail felony dope charge, nobody. It's, that's 15 times a day in Wichita Falls every day for our police department. If I arrest somebody for first degree murder, People notice it. People listen. People talk about it, and the word gets out. And that's you know, what, it's just that's what we're hoping for. That's yeah. what we just need people to talk. And when I say we need people, we need parents to talk to their kids. And it sounds silly, and it sounds naive, archaic, almost. I mean, now because I mean, um, I I got my degree from Texas Tech. Also, I I could be a uh, teacher, and I decided not to do that route, but. When I student taught, I was shocked, quite frankly, at the lack of parent involvement in their kids. And this was in 2000. I graduated in 2011. So that was you know, 10 years ago, 11 years ago. And even then, like, you know, you, you would talk to some of these kids and they're like, they, they had parents at home. They didn't have anything to do with them. Like they literally they would come home and they would not talk to their parents. They might throw some food in their face at dinner time. Mm-hmm. But there's no parent involvement, and I can't imagine what it's like ten years removed from and that with the cell phones and the iPads and everything else that we've and got. The today. parents got their own their own uh, substance issues. Their their parents are living right. their own life, and they're not paying attention to their children. I don't understand people that don't raise their kids, and you see it all the time. It's I mean, become too. It's a different world than it is to not be a good parent. Uh, to not be a good parent, to be able to use drugs, kind of live your life. It's all about right. you being happy yeah, at the moment. It's a Instead of you sucking it up and making some good decisions and maybe not, right? You know, because we don't fun. have. Well, I'm I'm getting on the soapbox. I don't want to, but we get on it. We it's there for you. Yeah. Well, we we come to expect everybody else to take our care of our responsibilities. We want we want teachers at schools raising our kids. We want them to. Right. I'm well, not I picking, out of it. I'm not picking on teachers. They're in an impossible situation. Yeah. We want the police officers to come and discipline our kids. When the when our kid talks back to us, we call the police and tell them to quit doing that. Mm-hmm. We just we've completely become so self absorbed and self self possessed. We want to feel good all the time. And we're not paying attention to our responsibilities, and that's that's why I got out of it. A kid, I caught a kid cheating. Called him in. Called had parent teacher conference. You know, I'm a student teacher, and parent called me a liar. No way little Johnny could have done that. I'm Not like, my kid's fault. I saw oh, him. Oh, God. I saw him do it. He was unprepared and he cheated. Like, black and white, you know, back to that black and white thing. And um, didn't get anywhere with parent. And I, I said right there, like, I can't do it. Yeah, and well. I was going to be a coach. And, like, I came from, I think I came from the last line of, like, pretty tough coaches. And not like Joe Bob Tyler or anything like that. But you were, you had expectations. So I went in, I'm going to have expectations for my students. And it just, it was not reciprocated yeah. from the parents in. The teachers today are in a, a no win deal. And, and that's the type of deal. If you go to school, even if you were a bad student, you had respect for your, your teachers. You know, yeah. you didn't smart off to someone because somebody had slapped the shit out of you. Well, nowadays they smart off. They're disrespectful. I see these videos of these kids all the time. And then what really wears me out is the parents, when they get involved in, like you said, and they're like, 
don't touch my kid. I carried him for nine months in my belly. That's your problem, though. You're not. You didn't have a kid to be his friend. You're supposed to be his parent. They don't understand discipline for love. They don't get it. They don't understand. No, they don't. Part of raising your kid right is making sure right. he knows the right shit. My last question for you, and then we can get James back in here. Halloween is coming up. Is this something that everybody needs to be looking for, or is or are we good? Is this like a big no. wives' tale, like razor blades in the candy bar? Big wives' tale. You're not going to have people passing out bags of Skittles full of fentanyl. <laughs> they don't want to lose the money. Right. Yeah. That's. That's not going to happen. So uh, we're trick-or-treat where you know, trick-or-treat from people you know, obviously. Maybe do trunk-or-treat or something like that. But parent, this is not going to be something that is passed no. on to your kids. Use common bag. sense. The kids that are dying from overdoses of fentanyl are taking a pill that they knew they were taking a pill. They may just not have known it was fentanyl. They may have thought it was just a Percocet. But you're, if your kid's taking drugs and they're worried about fentanyl, he's taking drugs and you need to do some parenting with him. You need to do some parenting no matter what kind of drug your kid's taking. Right. Yes. Because... Right. Any other kind of drug can lead to drug seeking behavior is drug seeking behavior. Well, and like you right. said, other two, you don't know what's uh, here. What's I'll get you, we'll get you back in here, James. Y'all, we'll, we'll, we'll switch you two and then we'll finish with uh, James because Jeff has to go in about 30 minutes. Um, but yeah, it that's that because I've always with you read the headlines like this and you obviously, I think, and I could be totally wrong. Are foreign influences trying to do something on the on the on the home front? Like, is this China's way of hey, we can we can bring this shit in and maybe weaken America a little bit? Now, I don't realize that's a little bit. You're getting conspiracy, a little, you're getting a little Q factory here. A little bit us. conspiracy minded. I work for the DAO, not the CIA. Right, but I no, I don't know. Right, I don't. I I heard of COVID. <laughs> right. I, right. That's about as undermining as you can do to a country in a world on I, purpose. What we do know, what I what I what I feel like I feel confident in saying, we do know it is coming from overseas. overseas. Right. And they know it. Yeah. So, no regulation and cheap labor. It's really simple to do shit. Right. When when we when we went through COVID, did you see an uptick in shit like this or to less drug use? It's, oh, it's hard to say. We didn't really study it. But what I do know is, oh man, y'all don't want to. But government function on some level stopped. Jails couldn't take people in because right. you bring COVID into the jails and now you right. have a. But crime didn't stop. Crime never stopped. So yeah, there was more. There's more dope mm -hmm. out there, and we're tr still trying to fight that. I don't. I want to don't call it a backlog, but all this stuff, all the pressure in the system built up, and there was nowhere for it to go. But did it? Yeah, people are at home going stir crazy. Man, this uh, COVID stuff and the way the government reacted to it allowed or it enabled uh, crime families to set up a network, right? To set their infrastructure up for this. He left at exactly the wrong time. And uh -oh. they're coming, it's coming in hard. Would you, um, I lost my train of thought. Um, would you consider this the, would this be, comparable to the crack epidemic that we saw in the 80s or is this just something that's way worse I was like too, on scale i was too young i, I was a right i was in high school and, and i didn't know if there was like any numbers that you had seen retrospectively like when studying this i know there's well except for lead poisoning <laughs> um <laughs> i know the stuff's more deadly i know that right in, on, in terms of scale, scale. uh crack epidemic Pervaded 
in the north, northeast, and moved, and and from the west and moved inward. This is hitting us at the same time. So it's it's everywhere now. It's a different clientele to rain it right. It's a because black people predominantly right. were the crack, which right. you know in you, a go, lower end, you go in a lower end black people too. Not if you want to go conspiracy in. theory, right? Crack carries a, a stiffer penalty, doesn't it? No, no. So no, it's the same schedule one. You know, the, it the, is. So because that was that you know that's one of the things you go conspiracy theory. Well, crack was introduced into the black, black communities, and, and, and it's all poor people. Right. Do uh, it's a different different uh, culture. Cocaine is a recreational drug. There are people addicted to cocaine, but it's a recreational drug. Am I correct on if that? If you say so, sir. It's an illegal drug. It's illegal, but it's recreational. Let's ask. It's designed to be. It was it's a, a, party, party it's drug. a party drug. Right. You can do yeah. it on Friday and Saturday. That's what right. it came out. Right. That's how it's a big seller. It's a, right. you know, recreational drug is what I want to call right. it. This shit here, fentanyl's nothing recreational about it. Well, they think it is. That's why these kids take it. But they're addicted to it more. I went to school with very few people that did cocaine because nobody could afford that shit. But it was a rich person's drug. Mm -hmm. And and there's people I'm sure that there's there's probably a lot of girls sold their body to get cocaine. There's no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. But it was it was not like fentanyl, where these people are getting addicted to fentanyl like they did meth. Correct. And 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 that's that's the difference between the, the one of them. And it's affecting the masses more. That's what crack did. Crack well, like, affected and meth did the masses because poor people again, could get it. You're bringing up again. Room. It's a physiological addiction. I'm sorry, no. Go ahead. Again, it's a physiological addiction that's driving that, Jeff. Like, uh, so you're not physically addicted to crack cocaine. Okay. So if you don't, if you run out of crack, or if you don't have crack, and if you don't have any more money, you know what I mean. Like your instant thoughts ain't just to go rob a bank because I'm, I'm I'm about to go through withdrawals here and die. Because if you run out of fentanyl, you run out of opiates, you have to get some kind of help. You have to get something because your body can't take the withdrawals, you know. So it, it, the mindset behind that drives you to do different things, right? You know, like That's, that's why we have methadone. That's methadone. That's right? legalized fucking dope by the government, isn't it? Heroin. To control the withdrawals to and, bring the, you and to bring you off well, of People stick on methadone opiates. for the rest of their life. Is it just that? That's their own choice. You can get off of methadone. You, but, there's a program for you to, to, to wean you off of that. It's not but, designed for you to stay on for your whole life. But a lot of people do, and that's what I mean. The government's just making money right. off the methadone. The government mm-hmm. is financing. Well, they finance all drug shit that's just a, about anyways. You know, like, but the methadone is just our government's way of getting their share of people getting off of dope, and they're taxing it finally and getting some money out of it. Is that pretty safe to say? Safe do you know say. anybody, James, you know anybody that's been on methadone that got off methadone? Uh, yeah. Do you know people on methadone that are still on methadone though? Yeah. And they will be De- forever. Decades later. I know some that, yeah, that I know, and I know some that were on it for, uh, you know, Cody Duncan, man. Cody was on it for. I wasn't going to mention no names. Hey, Cody was on it, and he's one of my cousins, man. He, you know, he's, he was on heroin for a long time, then he got on methadone for a long time, then he got to selling dope, you know, and his, his, his life spiraled out of control. He was on methadone for 14 or 15 years. He's off of it now. He's clean now. What are the percentages of people now. on methadone that get off, you think? I, you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what that is. I, that's um, again. It's a there's the physiological addiction is what drives that because you know, like I said, you, it's not the same as as. I, I understand where you come from, that, but I just sometimes it makes you wonder if the government's not replacing a drug with a drug that they're getting their money off of. I I don't doubt that. That's that. I don't doubt that they don't care. I'm getting the look from the attorney over here. I'm pretty close on that one. <laughs> ain't I? I don't. I don't know, but it it makes well, sense. I don't know. It depends on how long you're. Shut up in a hunting lodge, coming up with these ideas. I don't know. Right. It, it makes sense. 
My he, he, doesn't have, he doesn't have time to think about these conspiracy theories, Jeff. He's busy fighting crime. That's, listen, a, that's, listen, a, that's a different level. Let's, let's talk some crime stuff now. I grew up in Wichita Falls. We had a lady cut her baby's heart out when I was a kid. Do you remember that, James? Mm-hmm. No, that happened. And uh, probably around 1980, 78 or 80, she cut her heart, cut the baby's heart out, said she was possessed. She it was in the early 80s, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And we had all the we had the serial killers. Said God told her to do it or something. Yeah, or that's exactly what she said. Yeah. Or the devil told her something to or what, but yeah. she cut her kid's heart out and shit. I've never heard that story. I'm not from Wichita Falls, so I'm not. I haven't a, heard yeah. It was a black lady. I'll never forget it. I mean, I was. 82. Is 82's when it happened? It was a bad deal. And then we had the serial killers. Farron Ward. LM, yeah, and he turned out to be a, a, a... Did y'all have anything to do with any of that? Y'all. My you, off, you, not me. That your was, office? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. In fact, the guy that broke the case, that was John Little. He was our chief investigator. He's the one that went down to Alney and mm-hmm. got the spit cup. That, there you go, Andy. I told you. Don't fucking... <laughs> if, they, if they take you in to question you, don't drink they the coffee. They weren't questioning. He just watched him drink it outside. Is don't drink right? the coffee. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this. I'm going to burn this. Yeah. No, John asked him. John dipped. John said, do you have a spit cup I can right. use? And he saw the guy went to the trash and got the cup that he'd been drinking Sprite out of, gave him the cup, and he took it back to the lab, and they got Scott. Eight months later, they finally got the guy. Or longer <laughs> than that on that case. <laughs> yeah, well, back then, it took a long time to get And he was a possible. preacher, wasn't he? Wasn't he a part-time preacher also? I don't know about that. I read the book, but... Hey, so... Preacher-ish. Commune. Following. Oh, oh yeah, one, one now, of those David Koresh. Yeah, but they, they're the only people that have sex with their the, followers. But the guy, yeah. but the Nobody guy, else gets laid. that they thought did it, Danny Laughlin, right. went to prison for something else, and he died in prison. Right. But everybody just knew he was the one that killed that uh, Terry Gibbs. I think was her yeah, name. Nurse. Let me ask you this: Do we have more or less serial killers than we did a long time ago? Because if you look at like the, because Dahmer just came out on Netflix and I watched it and it's it's four episodes too long. That's beside the point. But we had Dahmer, we had Bundy, we had Gacy, and like there's this there's this period in America where it's all every headline's about the next serial killer. You don't see that anymore. So is it that was a problem then, or did the media just perpetuate this idea that there's a serial killer you know running around everywhere? Is it a media perspective or is it? Yeah, it's still a problem today. Or, or if, do you if, think if, they've if, taken some of the media coverage away so that they don't have so that that they don't, they don't use that as a driving force, right? If so the killer itself doesn't. If there's anything evil in this country and wrong, it comes and is a product of the media because they're gruesome themselves. Right. I don't know. I know there's a there's a big uh, serial killer thing going on in California right now with a guy really who they just caught. Who's, I did not know this. Yes, this as of last week, he was. He's one. He, they think he's involved in. I've seen that t- multiples of ten murders, and he's just randomly driving around shooting people. Kind of they they caught him. Killer, kind of like him. I think that's what he did. But He'd go to Lover's Lane. I can answer this question. It's about money. In the seventies and sixties and fifties and forties and eighties and nineties, even. We didn't have internet. If you wanted to watch the news or read the news, you read a newspaper. So if the newspaper gets you hooked in Wichita Falls when we had a serial killer, then we had the serial rapist, it was in a newspaper morning and afternoon. On Guess the front what? Page. People picked up the people that didn't read the newspaper yeah, and bought a newspaper newspapers. every freaking day. Mm-hmm. People turned on KFDXT and what TV and watched Lynn Walker at KUZ or whatever it was because they wanted to know what was going on. Everybody watched the news. Mm-hmm. When that serial when that serial killer was there, everybody the whole town was scared to death. Right. But they sold papers and shit on it. So the same shit happens today. 
It's just but we've nobody, got enough bad news that we don't have to stoop to the serial killer you level. Can, you hey, can it's pull not shocking up. anymore, is <laughs> yeah. it? It's not shocking anymore. There's nothing. Like, hey, there's a serial killer. You're like, yeah. And that's one of my questions with fentanyl. Is that is it is this just a progression? Like Jeff had mentioned earlier, you know, we had we had marijuana, and then we had cocaine, and then crack, and then meth, and now we're at fentanyl. Is it just going to be a progression of worse and worse and worse and worse and worse? Probably. Lord, I hope not. What's the next level at the fentanyl, man? You know, it's just 10,000 times strong as morphine. People don't respect life. A young person that's no. 17, 18 years old that's on drugs, they don't respect life. We just talked about this on the way. They don't. They have no respect for life at all. That's why they kill people. That's why they shoot people. They kill themselves. They don't care because they live in a video game world. Desensitized. Right. Yes. We, just, we had this conversation driving Smartest here today. I've talked to in a long time. Yeah, thank you. I tell <laughs> people think, that all the they time. They think everything's a game. Yeah, nothing. There's not a reality to it. They don't see mm-hmm. when 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 anybody in this room watches Armageddon. Now this is way off there, and he's going to send the dad goes in to save so his daughter can be happy. Until you have kids and you're crying at that because you realize what how what a good moment it is. Because I watched this with the boys when they were like twelve or fourteen. Andy, why are you why are you crying? That's Called so, him a so big stupid. old pussy. You big old pussy. You're crying over that shit. <laughs> When you get kids, you'll understand. <laughs> mm-hmm. I watched sometime, it. The, I watched it the other day, and it brought a tear to my eye. Yeah, heart. it does. <laughs> but you have to have kids. Well, this these fuckheps that we've got growing up now, they're not going to have kids. No. They'd rather play video games than have sex. I've never played a video game as good as sex, but I'm guessing they must have some now. That's all these young people want to do. More thirty year old women don't have kids than have kids today. That's a real statistic. Yeah, yeah and it's going down even more. Yeah, people yeah, don't want. They just don't. don't kids. I mean, first of all, can you imagine life without your kids? No. Could you imagine how much money you'd save if you never had kids, though? So on one hand, those kids are saving a lot of money. Play a lot of video games, and I like my sex. (laughs) I'm I'm going that route every time. Oh, now I'll I'll spin out real deep. (laughs) You know that one of the the hallmarks of a declining and decaying society is lack of childbirth. Lack of of what? Childbirth. Childbirth. We've been below replacement since, I think, 1972. Mm Mm-hmm. It's the Elon Musk says it's going to be the greatest. That's the greatest threat that we face is that there's not going to be enough people in a hundred years. What is, I think Japan's not going to be here. Germany's not. There's a Japan bunch of countries. Italy won't be here by 2038 or something. I mean, it's, it's like close. A, it's getting close to where they, or they're, they're, they're going to be so lopsided that they're going to be paying people to have sex, to have kids. But part of, part of the problem in Asia was because of the one child rule. You can only have, you right, can only have yeah. one child and then nobody wanted to have a girl. So, you know, the more we mess with it, and we, right? the more you, you mess with natural order, yeah, uh, uh, you're <laughs> the more good. screwed up things seem to get. If you're treading into thin ice. So, in territory, okay, so mm-hmm. hold on. Now that brings up a good point. If we would have just left people to their own devices, would we see kind of what we're seeing now? If we'd have just said, "Go smoke pot, go do that, whatever, have fun," has 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 our has our restriction on a lot of these things push people to where we are today? You don't think so? He's shaking his head back there. No, I don't think so. No, no. So you think if, if, if we didn't have the restrictions in place, we might've seen this 50 years ago or something, or just as soon as the, the dope hit the market. Well, we, ought, we ought to break out the beer and talk about this, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, how far do you go? How far? Right. Uh, Where's this? What, Okay, uh, I don't like the way he looks at me, so I'm going to sure, shoot, shoot sure. him in the head because right. I want to. Right. I have no restriction. There has to be restriction. Well, that's where the I think that's where religion has come in a lot of places because it civilized people in a way that we were not civilized before. Before the Bible came along, I mean, it was just like you said, I don't like him, so... Even after the Bible came along. It was that way for years. 
We didn't see a civilized civilization until 1900s. No. You think? Even uh, even in the old west, I'm going to say 1940 somewhere. Where we really that? become civilized. There's a lot of shit, huh? After World War II, yeah. yeah. Right before that, before that, we had a lot of. There was still a lot of riffraff going on. Up and we in, still shit in a pan, you know. What yes. I mean? Right, yeah. So, I mean, even in the wild west out here, there were you know you saloons. Just, and, you're just talking right. about. Might makes right, and right. the strongest is going to win. But studies show back in the Wild West days, when it was an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You were a lot politer. There didn't have as much. Crime level was a lot lower. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was. Because if you fucked with somebody, they going to just shoot you between the eyeballs. A so dangerous people respected so- each other a little more. A dangerous society is a polite society. If, if I'm worried about James jumping over this society. table and strangling me to death, and there ain't nothing that's going to stop him. Now he's got a gun I'm, over there. I'm gonna be, be respectful. I'm gonna be pretty nice to James. <laughs> so what you are know? you saying? So, so maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if you're wrong or not. Let's just no, actually, hey. that's, actually, he's just supported your argument. In a I if you think about I, it, I know. I know. That's why yeah. he's a prosecutor. He got me to. Com- right. He got me to to do yeah. my own argument. <laughs> he's also he also listens a lot. You let people walk themselves into traps. At, let me tell you something right now. If Dobie comes to your house to interview you, shut the fuck up. Yeah, don't talk. Get a lawyer. I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> that's the one you got to worry about. Call Stacy. <laughs> Please, so, yeah, call Stacy. I'm, Stacey, I'm, I'm all for that. at my house talking to me. <laughs> I want to know when you're when you're at trial. Is this there a moment that you know this one's mine? It's in the bag, or are you always until? The- yeah, you don't go to trial unless you think you got it in the bag. These no, days. there's a moment when I know. It's when the judge takes the form from the jury and she reads it. That's, that's the moment I, you know. That's the moment. So until until it's done, even open shut cases, un- un- you still worry until about until then. The moment I start doing that's the moment I need to start looking for another job. Yeah. When you're not worried. Agree. Because you gotta have you gotta find an edge somewhere. Complacency's bad. Right. I'm sure sure it is. You've Especially got, in to, that. Be, Especially you've in got that. to be nobody's shooting at you in the courtroom. I hope not. Sure. But, but it's twenty twenty two. But your head's got to be on the swivel all the time. Do you let me ask you this now? This is a family deal here now. You and your wife have completely different jobs, but y'all have the same job. Correct. But y'all are on both sides of the aisle. She's yes, going to get paid to represent someone that's guilty as hell. Every mm-hmm. defense guy, every attorney does. Have you ever thought? Have you ever asked her and thought, you know, that some bitch is guilty as fuck, and you're taking his money, but you want to see him get off? Did you ever ask that? If that's pillow talk, okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's different. No. Yeah, we've had we've had we've had spirited debates. That's what on I the meant. theoretical level at the dinner table. Yeah. All the. That that happens quite often because I hear people all Listen, the time. I think that would be great. That seems like that would make you. That seems like that Sometimes would just make you a better not. lawyer, make you a better prosecutor if it, having a different perspective like that. Yeah, that but seems you, like a great thing. But when I've had people complain and they'll bitch about an attorney, sometimes we'll go, "Dang, he's getting paid blood money to get some." The guy that got O.J. Simpson off. O.J. Simpson's guilty. We all know that shit. But he was found innocent because his legal team done a really good yeah, job. Kardashian. But they got paid to do that. But that's their job. You know, sure. it's blood money, but that's what they're getting paid for. And now we have the Kardashians. So from that's a right. per, from a prosecutor perspective, <laughs> would you ever ask OJ to put on the glove? Looking back at no. The the answer as a prosecutor, you never ask a question you don't already know the answer to. Right. So no, I wouldn't. And I'm I'm assuming you've studied the case, but they said they told OJ not to take his arthritis medicine because they knew his hands would swell, swell up. up. And even if the glove had not shrunk because of all the blood that was on it. He would have had a hard time sure. 
jiggling it in there. And then there was a little bit of theatrics. Why would you let him just do it himself? Right. I mean, I don't know. And he had on on plastic gloves over his hands to not, you know, put his... He was doing that. Right. You can see if you watch the video, he's doing that the whole time. So So from your perspective, that's a hard no. Hard no. And as soon as it happened, I would have been on the phone trying to find a leather expert somewhere <laughs> to explain what was going on. Right. The best thing on Twitter is when that dumbass gives his opinions on court cases and stuff in here. Like, Buddy, this is not for you. You need to just yeah. go play golf, and you're lucky where you're at right now. You get a lot of run out of it, though. Oh, my God. I'm telling you. It's just crazy. Mm-mm-mm. What do you... uh? We can't talk. There's one case I wanted to ask you about. But we can't talk about because it it's still going on. Here's what I want to ask you. So I was I was spouting fake news according to Jeff about the the one case. Is that frustrating on your end? Hearing people uh, that that read an article from a respected news source in what Wichita is a Falls, respected news source in Wichita <laughs> Falls, and it turns out to be incorrect as Jeff was telling me it was incorrect. Are you just like banging your head against the wall? Like no, no, not at all. That doesn't bother you. I was leaning back. No, I'll tell you why. I got a lot of friends in the media. It's part of the, it's good to have those relationships. Mm -hmm. I quit reading the news about 18 years ago because I can't stand, I can't stand to read it. Just because of the inaccuracies? Correct. Right. And even when they don't try to, they have time constraints. Maybe they don't sit through the whole thing. They don't know. They don't know what happened and it doesn't fit and it makes, it's just, there's way too much effort expended to have to unwind it. So I just don't pay attention to it. So it doesn't bother me. Now, what does bother me, I shouldn't say this because never let them know, never let them see you sweat. I can't, it is hard to take the numbskulls on social media. Yeah, yes. That's where it's all yeah. at, too. Right. And I'm not talking about the reporters. I'm not, no, I'm you're not, talking about Joe Public. Correct. Yeah. That's, that's what's hard to take. We had, right. we had an issue in town here when, when I was mayor and um, the news people came. They had to come. Talk, they wanted to come talk to me, and you know you can't talk about nothing. It's real simple. It's an open investigation. Can't talk about it. And that was the bottom line to the whole deal. Well, we'd went through this one time, and then the lady calls me at the house again. She's a reporter from Abilene, and I told her, I said, "Have you ever done any background on these people that are telling you all this stuff?" Well, no. I said, "Why don't you do a little investigation on the people, and you'll find out the quality of people that are telling you all this bullshit?" Because what it was was a complete lie about stuff. And they were trying to make a city employee do so, you know, look that he, he, it was so false. It was all fabricated shit. And I said, after you do some backgrounds on them people, then call me. I said, because everything you're telling is bullshit. I said, I can't talk about it, but I'm just telling you, <laughs> do do some background research on this shit and you'll find out for yourself. That all you're spewing is a bunch of lies. It's not true. Lady called me back and she said, well, you were right about that. Yeah. yeah. I well, don't, they they I, wanted to reflect their agenda, you know, their, their agenda right. driven. I don't have a tattoo. <clears throat> Unlike my buddy over here, mm-hmm. I don't have a single tattoo. I don't have to buy ink and five gallon vats to cover my body. But uh, a, a real, a real savvy political figure that I'm fairly close to said he doesn't have a tattoo either. But if he did, he'd have one thing tattooed on his body. He'd put it right here on his wrist. Don't read the comments. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I, yeah. I think that's smart. I think it's sure it is. Yeah. It's you can't win, and you shouldn't debate them. There's no reason to debate. Your big case that you're doing right now with that they've moved out of town for y'all has been one of those cases where the the the, the child and it's the murder trial and it's your friend James, his yeah. son, James that, Daly. That 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 guy right there that has been social media and everybody's blown up. Now I don't know that I don't know anybody involved in this deal at all, 
but I know that people have taken sides 90% or to 99% on one side. And then they wonder, well, by God, they had to move it out of town. That's bullshit. Well, yeah, you got to give guys got to give fair trial regardless. Mm. I mean, whether he's guilty or not, I don't know any idea what's going on, but I told someone that was bitching about it. I said, do you really, really think they would file charges on him if they didn't have a case on him? You know? I, I don't think they would. No, they no, wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. Absolutely. They wouldn't. But, but people don't see that part of the deal. You know, well, the cops took forever to get it done. Yeah, because if they go to trial and they don't have their shit done, then the guy gets off and they can't try him again. You know, there's no common sense, but I think it's because we don't have enough civic classes. Well, well yeah, it, maybe. It, it ties into your OJ. Mm-hmm. And I can't talk about no, the Staley case. Yes, I'm not going to. Right. Uh, but it kind of, the same thread ties back into the OJ thing. If it were my kid that was charged with some kind of crime that was that heinous or any heinous, it doesn't matter. It's your kid. You're going to do whatever you can to help them. No, I want them to have a lawyer. Yeah, of course. The best one you can get. The best one I can get, the one that's good at their job. And if I don't think they can get a fair trial in Wichita, then I'm going to ask them to move it someplace else. That's Anybody's going to do that. And a lot of folks lose a lot of perspective when there is a highly, highly charged, emotional Of course. Case. And I understand that. We all understand it. But... Still got to deal with it. Due process. Absolutely. There's yeah. Colin Davis trial. Did you study that in law school? No. Guy in Fort Worth, multi-billionaire, uh, not billionaire, millionaire. I sound like Joe Biden now. Multi-millionaire. The Colin, uh, I think they they done diesel engines. Colin diesel engines. Anyways, he had his wife killed or she had him killed for money. I can't remember the exact stuff. But anyways, that was a big case. It was on WBAP back before internet. Mm-hmm. And it was radio, and that's all they talked about on the radio every day, and it sold newspapers and stuff, but it was a high-profile case. Advertising and, on WBAP. And Colin Davis, they mm-hmm. got him the best attorneys they can, and I, I, can't, I wish I could remember the details because it's a really interesting case, but it's like that all the time. Charles Manson. Anything that's high high case, if you can afford, you're going to get the best attorney you can get. If you haven't watched it, I will, supposed to, though, I, mean, I will yeah. make a plug for one. I didn't watch Dahmer. I didn't either. I'm, I don't know. The first couple episodes were okay. That's like me watching. Were those the episodes with all the the blowjobs in them? No. no, no, no. It's it's, uh, Oh, God, Andy. It's uh, not not that. Not that. But it was pretty... uh, The cops screwed up in Milwaukee. They gave a 14-year-old kid back to Dahmer. And then then he died. Have you watched the documentary? I think it was HBO, the one on... Charles Manson? No, Robert Durst. No, is that good? Oh, my God. It's wild, man. Who's Robert Durst? He was a he died. I mean, he might have been a multimillionaire. Yeah, yeah. He's a real estate mogul or publishing mogul out of New York. Came down here, went to get. You got. I don't want to spoil it for you, but there was a really prominent Texas defense attorney that defended him in a murder case in Galveston, and he got off. Really? I've seen that show, and uh, the attorney, and I'm trying to think, is it name? It was a racehorse. Was that the no? Did say? What was the attorney's name? Harden. How many episodes? Harden. Is it, is it a series? Yeah, Rusty it? Harden. Ten. It's Tim. It's Robert. Uh, it's uh, the baseball player's attorney also, yep. and Deshaun Watson's attorney. Correct. Yeah. Rusty Harden. Yep. And it's so well done. I'm not trying to make make them money or anything, but it's right. so well. <laughs> but you watch the last episode, and you will, it will freak you out. The Robert the Robert Durst case. Yep. He, How many episodes did you remember? About ten. Okay. Ten. I'll check it out because he's. There are multiple murders in it. Right. Yeah, there's several, yeah. And uh, he did get acquitted in Galveston. He had a a roommate, transgender roommate, who 
all the evidence to suggest he killed and dismembered and threw him in Galveston Bay. Mm-hmm. And it's something else. Now, were you a judge once upon no. Nope. I ran for judge. I did you not ran. win. You didn't win? Did not win. God bless you. Um, <laughs> I've been seeing the uh, oh, that guy that ran over all those people in Wisconsin. Oh, the guy's building the boxes so that he can yeah, see judge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel bad for that lady. She's hot, by the way. Jennifer Dowers, I think is her name. She's a very attractive lady. But this guy, he 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 waves his right to have an attorney, so he's representing himself. It's a train wreck. It's I, the, that's the worst. It is a train wreck. It's the worst. No, I haven't seen that. I haven't followed it. I will tell you, as a lawyer, trying a case against somebody that's not representing himself, that is about the worst, your worst day in court. He interrupts. He yells at the judge. He got into a stare-down match with her. He was building boxes. She had to, she said, we're taking recess because he's... He's not broken his gaze from me. I mean, he's just looking at it with hate in his eyes. Didn't he take his clothes off one day? I didn't see that. I think that. he stripped down to his drawers but one you day can, in there, too. So, like, everything that this guy uh, does, the, you they pan to the prosecution, and they're just like, <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? And the judge is, like, trying to expl- trying to get him up to speed on what his rights are and what he shouldn't, shouldn't do. And the prosecution is just like, oh, my God, here we go again. Mm-hmm. So, finally, they moved him. I think they're getting ready to read the verdict, and they moved him to a different room. Henry Lee Lucas, he never did commit a murder in Wichita Falls. It was in Ringling, right? I think that I think that's right. But I don't even know why I bring up his name. All these murders in Wichita Falls, Wichita Falls become a little Chicago. It seems like it's every week. It seems like there's a murder, and it's not that often. It, it seems that way. Where's a cop when you need? <laughs> Doing a podcast. It goes back to your uh, well, lately, respecting they, life. Lately, they haven't been murders. Lately, they've been deaths, just straight up deaths from the yeah, but. I'm assuming, and we talked about this earlier, but most of your murders are all over drug deals. Most of them, weren't they? I mean, ninety percent of them yes. is a drug deal, something gone bad. Kind of the common denominator, big percentage of them. Yeah. Let's. If you took alcohol and drugs out of the system in the country right now, crime rate would be about four percent, probably. Well, because that's first, a common for the first three months, it'd go out, go oh, off it'd the be charts. Horrible. But after we dry it out, yeah. I mean, it really, it's amazing how much shit of that is related. Your traffic court's the same way. I mean, that's that's the majority of all your stuff. And to be a police officer, I feel sorry for you guys because they make y'all work so much on little shit that should that should not even shouldn't even be counted. It's so hard. It's harder to be a. It, 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 the law is set up for the crook these days. The criminal. Well, they've got every advantage. They, they do. I mean, I'm gonna let Andy finish this up. My grandkids are gonna be at my house, and we're cut. Got. I got to read the Great Pumpkin to the second grade class in Knox City. So good luck, sir. Thank you very much. It's nice meeting all of you guys. Nice to meet you. You yeah, can nice sit. You, you can sit right here, yeah. and then we can uh, finish this up. And um, love you, big dog. What, what do you remember? What we were talking about earlier that you said he left at the exact wrong time, by any chance? Yeah. What was it? You got a good memory. Do you think COVID contributed to a That's rise right. in crime in Wichita Falls? I do. Just because everybody just went stir crazy, and it was just this. I've got to do something, and I've got all this. You've pinned everybody up. You've taken away employment, work. They have nothing right. else to do mm-hmm. other than sit around and think of Plot. things to get <laughs> into. Same thing with uh, even like in law enforcement. Distance yourself. we got to keep everybody safe. we got to have the police safe so we don't need you getting exposed to you and stuff like that. And it just, it, uh, it just made everybody take a step back from... Everybody and you know, I think people have more idle time on their hands, and I think it's going to affect us for a long time to come because we've taught, you know, kids that are in high school just 
it, it's okay. You don't have to come to school. You don't have to work. Uh, right. You know, giving them participation trophies and yes. all that. You know, you enable them right. to all be. Me- you enable them to be a mediocre person. You know, the uh, I can't remember the Jeff might have remembered, but the the Wichita Falls Independent School District lost hundreds of kids. They're just not on. They just quit coming to class, and then they they can't account for them. They have no idea where they are even today. And like you said, there's no account there. I mean, my goodness. Listen, man. Now more and more less accountability. They got some kids now. What's up with the Furbies? Oh, my goodness. That shit blows my fucking mind. You don't know what that is? There's what the. There's kids that Come on, they, they demand a litter box, and that's where they're going to go. And a fucking of going to the litter box in the school, and they, they want to be treated. And that. And what? I don't know. But Dude. The problem is, I'll tell you what the problem is. We got rid of bullying too, the too soon. You're going to let that happen? We need, no more, way, man. we need more bullying is what we need. And I'm going to go on record <laughs> as saying that. like Because Listen, the problem would just take care of itself. Right. It you're going to be a Furby. Well, James is going to thump your head. You're not going to be a Furby in front I'm of James. I'm going to clown until I go see Dobie because I'm going to get in trouble for it. I guarantee you they're going to send me to see Dobie because I'm going to clown. We're but, gonna clown. My friends are going to clown. And you're not going to go around acting like a cat. And that's ridiculous to me. And, and you know what gets me about that is that is is they tell us to accept it right. and to ignore it. And we're so, and so if my grandson's over here staring at this kid, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Right. And then, and then, uh, you know, they get mad because my grandson's staring at me like, well, that you're not normal. Right. That's not normal. I, I saw a video and I think this person might work in the white house, but it's a transgender person. And, and uh, it's, it's a trying to get this right. Transgender female. So it's biological male wearing a tight skirt and she, he is on camera saying we need to normalize the bulge and let children know that it, that yeah. some women will just have a bulge whenever they're wearing tight clothes. It's like, no, no we, we don't need to no, normalize that. No, that's There's bullshit. something I, I can be tolerant to a lot of things, but I'm not going to tell my eight year old. Yeah. You know, some women have a penis. Like Man, it's just, not doing I'm it. going to go with what biology says. You're either XX or you're XY and that's it. If you're XY, you got a penis. And if you're XX, you, you're going to have a vagina. And that's that's the that's the end of the discussion, but yeah, I mean they're they're calling this person a, a champion and all this. Yeah, stuff that's and, fucking. I'm making them a hero. Yeah. You're a hero now for stepping out like that. Give uh, me a fucking break, I, man. I, that's a hero. That's right. hero. Right. Um, his knowledge blows me away. Like the the the, the way that he knows uh, how these things affect the body and just just everything from top to bottom. I mean. Are, are most guys like him or are most of them just kind of numbskulls? Because, I mean, he's he's very, very sharp with his analytics on things. And he, is that kind of why you were drawn to him? I was drawn to him simply through happenstance and fate. I, I don't think... I don't think he had a lot of fond feelings or things to say to me in court. Right. I'm not, I'm not trying to bait him into saying anything right now. So. No, we wasn't in the same position that we are now. Though. No. Oh. And so when he left out of that courtroom, uh, it took a little bit of time, and he did he did what he had to do, and he did well. Uh, fate stepped in, and he was fortunate. I think he was fortunate to get a job where he got a job, and it, that's how it all worked out later. So I didn't know this side of him on that side right. of prison, so I had no idea. Uh, I have met other folks in the life doing some of the things that he was doing that are intelligent uh, and they had some snap to them. I've also had, I've had plenty of them that I've spoken to or seen or had interaction with that are, you know, 
dumber than pond's come. Right. It just it's all kinds of folks. Because it just we've we've talked about this before. Like if some of these criminals could just be legit, they'd be millionaires. Right. But I think the I think the the lifestyle and the fast cash is what a- appeals to so many people because. If you look at crime, you, most of the time you kind of you grow up in your late twenties, so your most of your criminals are in their early twenties, statistically speaking, and it's just this fast lifestyle and almost a Peter Pan syndrome where I don't have to grow up; I can just sling dope and you know, nine to five is not for me. Yeah. But if you if these if some of these people, and I'm sure you were the same way, if you could have channeled this in another avenue. Well, I have, and it's worked out for you me. Have, you have, know yeah, I mean? yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You so have I, now, I know, but actually, if you would just start it I've out with that literally mindset. done that experiment with life, you know? So, yeah, and right. you, I, see, I see what you're saying there. Yeah, absolutely. There was another guy, one of the very first, I will say, me for Wichita, big-time dopers, big-time cooks that I prosecuted. Uh, he, was, he was living fast. Yeah. In fact, when I took him to trial, I had five different labs on him, and we were trying him on five different labs. Yeah. Um, but I know him. I bet you do too. I know you know. Uh, and I'm not going to use his name, but he got a big old sentence because the, the community then was feeling about meth like they do about fentanyl now. Although they're they're more scared of fentanyl. Yeah, rightfully so. But yes. the, the the jury popped him, not because of me, just because they saw five different labs, so they popped him. I had an opportunity to talk to him about 15 years later, and he was going to make parole. Completely different in in physical appearance. Lost all his hair, got old, and I I actually went to a prison and talked to him. And he said, "I'm." He wasn't glad he went to prison. Mm-hmm. He was not happy about it, but he said, "I I now understand what I lost." Right. His kids, his life, and he was going to get out of prison and try to figure out how to scrape together something on the. And I, t- I think I thought he was very, very, very sincere. I don't think he was telling me what I wanted to hear. He was going to try to scrape it together and make sure that he never went back. Right. And so he, it was okay. He was, he was all right. Yeah. How long did you do, James? Uh, which time? The last time? The last time I you got th- to see three years and Three years and four months. Three years and four months. And then that was, that was when he sent you, that was one yeah. that he sent you away for? He sent me away every time. Every time? Yeah. So every, how many times did he send you away? Three, I think. And is that pretty common to see the the same? No, he's real hard headed. <laughs> a lot of times, one will do it. No, no, the, it's repeat offenders. It's really strange too, because a lot of guys, he would know. You know, you they, you they come back, they don't have any place else to go, right? And they're going to make the same choices, and so they're just. I'm not suggesting a revolving door. That's not it at all. But they they don't learn. You know what that did for me though is it established a relationship with uh, even though at that time we didn't like each other, right? I didn't, but uh, I'm gonna tell you that when I had some, when I was making, doing some sincere decision making uh, when I was in the penitentiary, something he told me when I was standing beside him in front of the judge in the courtroom is 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 the very thing, maybe the second thing, or you know, only one of the two things that I considered when i was you know making that decision was having it was a talk i had with him you know that's the difference that and at that time we wasn't like we are now we still was a not you know right but i knew like i said earlier he was fair and reasonable man you know what i mean i know he's got to do his job you know i mean so it didn't it wasn't about a personal thing you know 
And uh, and then when when he said what he said to me, he didn't have to say that. You know, the man could have gave me thirty or forty years easily. What did he say to you? Um, I forgot exactly how it said, but uh, I think he looked me in the eye and, and said, uh, uh, first first he said, you know, I could give you I could give you a lot more time than this, you know." And I was like, "Yeah, you know." And I wasn't I was like, "Whatever, blah blah blah." And then he stopped me sincerely, made me think about you know, look him in the eye and say, "You know, what are you doing here, man? You're better than this." That's all he said, and then and that was it. And then when I was going through my deal. When I made parole in truck driving school, and I was trying to, I was trying to, I needed to sign from God, figure out what I needed to do here, man. I didn't want to make the wrong decision, you know. And I remember him looking me in the face and telling me that, you know. And that, and I don't know why that made a difference to me. I don't know if it's, uh, I felt the sincerity from it, you know, and that he was being real with me and seeing something in me nobody else ever has, you know, mm -hmm. or what it was. But I considered that thought in my head when I made that decision to to stay in the penitentiary and continue on with truck driving school, you know. So the relationship that I established with him, uh, even though it wasn't a good one, right? It was it was a familiar one, right? You know, you met it, under bad circumstances, right? And it, but it also enabled me to later on in life, when I met up with him again, to shut my fucking mouth and listen, <laughs> listen to what the man was saying. You know right. what I mean? And it's done a lot for me. And you're in an interesting position. Both of you are because you don't want to see the same. You want to see everybody succeed. I mean, you know, you want people to get on the right path. It's going to sound stupid. I, it would be great if I didn't have a job. Right. Does that make no, sense? No, exactly. Yeah. Like the world would be a much better place if we didn't need you to. It's not the world we live in, but it would be a great world. But, you know, so many people are like, well, these people are just out to get me. It's like, no, they're, they're just doing their job. You're a shithead and they're catching you. Like that's right. what it boils down right. to. They're not out to get you. Exactly. They're out to get people like you. And at the end of the day, you want to see the people go in, do their time and become a productive member of society when they get out. And I'll tie it back into fentanyl. I will. I was thinking about this when I got up this morning, knowing I was going to come talk to y'all. Yeah. We are going to do our absolute best. Maybe I butchered it talking to y'all about our plans and how we're going about it. But we are going to do our absolute best to hunt these people down mm -hmm. because they pose a threat to the to our community. They they right. they, they pose a threat to my kids, mm -hmm. to his kids. His kids, his grandkids, they are dangerous, and we have to do our job. You got to on the offense, absolutely, and we're going to do it without. Got to be proactive, not reactive, and that's the problem with law enforcement. We are always reactive, right. always react, right? But we are going to go find these people, and we're going to hold them accountable. We're going to do it aggressively. We're going to do it whatever we can do within the bounds of the law to make sure that we do exactly that because they know what they're doing, right? And they don't care. Um, with the with the crack epidemic, do you see a similar path that we're going down? As far as as far as we're all chips are on the table, we're going to try to uh, mitigate this as much as we can, or is this even beyond what you saw uh, in the eighties with the crack epidemic? Yeah, this is a this is a more aggressive total, total criminal justice system approach. Great cooperation with the Wichita County District Attorney's Office and. Uh, our agency, and, and we're going at this. We are going to do everything we can to educate and deter people from touching this fentanyl. If you have fentanyl and we find out, we are going to throw your butt in jail. Right, under the jail. Exactly. Whether it's for possession, whether it's for delivery, whether it's for delivery to a minor, whether it's for murder, we're going to do whatever 
we can to incarcerate you for an extended period of time and take you out of society. So let me ask you, the, the, I don't know if you want to call it the class of people or the, you know, the, the, the part of society that's affected by this fentanyl is so much broader. It's everybody. Right. That it was there with is crack. no one seemed demographic. Like, it seemed like with crack or with meth or with, even with heroin, right? There's a targeted audience, right? You know, with this shit, it's not like that, bro. It's not. It's like, everybody. Like, I, my wife has never done a drug in her life. You know what I mean? And, and people that are, they're scared to death of, of, of this right now. You know, I have been. Be, the, the, I've got two little kids. There's so much ignorance involved. Yes, absolutely, man. And that's kind of what this whole thing is about is is the, is the show that, like, you know, we can all come outlaws, the laws, the outlaws, the in laws. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Everybody right. can come together on this, you know, that, that we need to all understand that if we don't do something about this now, Everybody in this room is going to be affected by a death from somebody from fentanyl at some point. Uh, can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. And first, I should have said when we first started, I really appreciate y'all having us on. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I, I I've been looking that. forward to this. I, I meant to You're get welcome, that man. in. Yeah, I appreciate it. Y'all are a hunting show. Yes. Outdoorsman show. Mm-hmm. How did y'all, and I know he's been on before and talked about his story, but how does y'all have expanded into uh Current events, lifestyle. I ran out of things to talk about in the hunting world. Yeah, but it's almost it's almost deer season. <laughs> it's a li- well, not so. When we first started this, it was going to be kind of this how to and you know tips and tactics on how to hunt. And I mean, everybody that hunts that makes up a small percentage of most of people's lives. Most people are just a casual hunter. They'll go out on the weekends, or you know, everybody will go out opening weekend or whatever. Everybody's got somebody that they care for. And a lot of the stuff that we talk about, um, it uh, it appeals to more people. So fentanyl is something that everybody's scared of. Everybody loves a comeback story, which is why we had James on. Um, everybody loves that outlaw. So we just started, it was real simple. We started talking about one thing, and then uh, we just kind of started expanding until we are where we are today. Like, I don't, I, I don't want to be just the hunting podcast. I want to be a podcast that somebody can turn into. It's funny. We had a guest on one time, and he said, uh, he was telling his wife he was coming on. He's like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. We might talk about trannies, Jesus, or hunting. <laughs> and I'm going to be prepared for all three. We hit all three today. We did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it is. And, and I wanted this to be kind of like... Um, we're all sitting around like you're getting an inside look at a, at a duck blind or something like that. And when you're doing things like that, you very rarely talk about hunting. You talk about fentanyl, you talk about football, you talk about uh, transgender, Mm -hmm. you talk about everything. So that's, that was kind of my vision in doing this. And it, it, I mean, it is, and I want to be informed as much as I possibly can on certain things. And, you know, I want to I want to speak from a position of knowledge and not just what I saw on Twitter. You know, like Jeff had to make me stop talking about the one case because evidently I was I was wrong. But I want to know things and I want to be able to speak about things intelligently. And the only way to speak about things intelligently is to talk to people that know it, that are seeing it. And I don't know when you're going to cut this up. I don't know when you're going to air be out it. tomorrow. Okay, so may I make one plug. Yes. Do you mind? Please do. For the folks in Wichita, next Monday. Our judges, district judges, specifically Judge Bernard and Judge Kennedy, are sponsoring this fellow, Dr. Dowd. Uh, he's a he's the director of DPS Lab in Houston, 
and probably the statewide expert on fentanyl, on the pharmacological effects of fentanyl. Right. He is going to be giving a talk free of charge at 6.30 at Memorial Auditorium in Wichita. He's also coordinating that. They're doing a three-part presentation to school kids on Monday and Tuesday. So in between, he's opening it up for the public, and it's free. I understand that it's opposed to a Monday night football game, but it's still something that needs – it's available. Yeah. And it will, it will scare the pants off folks. Very educational, though. To, to right. What very, will, um, I realize that there will never be zero fentanyl. I know that's probably the goal. What would victory look like to y'all from the seat that y'all are sitting in? Is it zero? Like, we're not stopping until it's zero? Because, I mean, that's a lofty goal. But what would, what would victory, like, we're sitting here today mm. and you could have a reasonable outcome. And I know, you know... For the word to be out there enough to... If you overdose on fentanyl, you had every opportunity to know the dangers of it, to know what was going to happen to you, and... So you made Make make an educated decision. Make Make it an educated educated decision. decision. Because you're not stopping it. We learned that with... No. Everything. Marijuana, we learned that with cocaine, we learned that with methamphetamine, you're not stopping it. The only thing you can do is educate people and let them know that we live in a society of laws and there's right and there's wrong. This is wrong. Yeah. And on the personal side, this is deadly. Right. And you guys are in a bad position too because you y'all fight and battle every day what we're talking about here, you know, and 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 y'all are out arresting folks like me or whatever, you know, that that are in and at this level Meanwhile, I'm dealing with folks above y'all at that level that don't want it gone, right? And those guys are y'all's bosses. And so it's just a vicious cycle, right? It just goes around. I mean, they're not ever going to let you do away with it. You're trying like hell to do away with it. And, and at my level, they don't want you to do away with it. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's, a, it's a vicious cycle. So like he said, the education for this, get your mind away from stopping it completely and get your mind towards educating people about what it is, what it does, how it's going to make you, what it's going right. to do to you, and what your future can be. If you have a future. Right. So more so have the families be aware of this is out there. You're not, we're not going to stop it, but maybe it won't go to your family because it didn't have to. And maybe if you would have sat down with your kid, what can people, I mean, what, what, what are you advising parents to, to do? Like don't have your kids obviously don't do drugs, but like, what are we, what are we trying to educate parents on? Like, are there any signs? Are there any, um, I mean, obviously, no parent wants their kids to be doing drugs, but I mean, what are we telling parents? It's gonna sound silly. Yeah, tell your kids you do not take a pill from anybody. Period. Unless it's coming from me right. or your doctor. Right. I mean, that it's pretty basic. Yeah. But don't go to a party and don't have a kid say, "Hey, take this bar. You're gonna feel real good." Mm-hmm. You would tell that, but we need parents to say it. Regardless, they may not have said it before. Right. Well, yeah. of course we don't want our kids. Don't do drugs. Great. Right. What does that mean? Right. And that's that's kind of like when, when these seminars, that's why I asked you the question that I did when, you know, we go to these, y'all are going to these schools and telling these kids and it's like, they've heard don't do drugs forever. Like this, right. to a lot of kids, like this is like, oh no, shit. Like don't do drugs. And don't be in denial about it. Right. Like here in Knox City, America, right. like where here. your average <laughs> cotton farmer parent right. probably don't think that fentanyl's a danger to my kid. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it yeah, is. it is. Mm-hmm. He goes to one party, it 
in Wichita, in Abilene, in Lubbock, or wherever, and mm-hmm. it gets pa- passed out, and mm-hmm. he's he's dead. Everybody needs to have the education and have the conversation. Agreed. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else you can tell kids except make right. them. Un- you have to make them understand. A pill can kill you. How do you? You know what scares me about this as a parent and as a grandparent. You know what I mean. And I and and you know my story. I've been directly involved with them. And I, you know I've, I've I've done them all right. I've never been able to spot a fentanyl abuser, right? Like, I've never, uh, you know, like, you can see it. You can go to this yeah. Walmart. You can see somebody on dope, right? Or you can see right. them on this one. You kind of know what I've they're never, taking. It always fucking surprises me when you see them in the, in the fucking obituary or even, you know what I mean? You see them and they're, and they're dead from it. And you're like, what? By the, by the time you can see them and recognize them, uh, they're way gone. It's scary, ain't it? Yes. There's no fucking telltale signs of uh, they're they're, uh, right. they're they're on it, right? You can see somebody and you'll know, like, oh, he's he's on, on dope, he's on coke, he's tell, on yeah. like somebody on meth. You can yeah. tell uh-huh. somebody on meth, right? Yeah, not not fentanyl. Uh, yeah, I mean, nope. it's like fucking crazy how hard it is. It blows my mind, man. Mm-hmm. And it's just so it just creates such a barrier. For y'all, because that, that reasonable suspicion it goes out the fucking window, man. You know, like these. You, how do you? How can a cop be reasonably be suspicious of somebody that doesn't look like they're doing anything wrong? You know, right. doesn't. Have, and you know how hard it is to find that little bitty fucking pill yeah. in somebody's car. You know, what what do they look like whenever they are? <clears throat> if you when you encounter somebody that is on fentanyl, is it just is it is it ecstasy that they're feeling? Is it just? Um, is it a zombie? Like what? What? What are the physiological effects on somebody they're, that has taken? They're fentanyl? hardly lucid. Really? I mean, they're, so they're just, just die. But they think in their mind that they've got this heightened sense of, of everything, everything Awareness. going on. But it's not. They're they're barely they're docile. Really, that's it. A drool coming out their mouth and and everything like that. Whole lot of weed. S- yeah. <laughs> so is that what you're showing kids at these seminars? Is just uh, what are you showing these kids? Are you showing them uh, this is you when you're doing fentanyl and you're slumped over and no, nah, basically what you're showing them is that little blue Percocet. That's saying, what you're if you them. take this, it will kill you. You right. will die. You'll right. show Best them thing the... you could do for them, in my opinion, now they'll never do this, is to stand them in front of an autopsy table and let somebody watch them yeah. autopsy a 16 year old that took a took a fentanyl yeah. pill. Yeah. That's where it gets real yeah. to that age. You have to make it real to right. kids right. nowadays. Agreed. They just don't take the word of Especially an adult. Because, like we was talking about earlier, with the video games and all, all the other uh, ability to actually separate their, their virtual reality separates their own self from the real world. Now right. they think that shit's yeah. real, man. Right. And that's where I think the the don't say no to drugs thing failed. Is it did not make the problem real enough to a lot of people. No. It was just don't say no to drugs, and wow. it stopped at that. Whereas we tried to taper to society norms back in the eighties, you right. know, yeah. and now it's it, you need to be real with these kids. That's what they understand. And you need to be very specific too. And very, very specific. specific. If you put that pill in your mouth, there's a good chance you're going to die. Let me tell y'all a little. Let me give y'all a little reference here, man. Uh, you know, from my perspective, when it comes to that, they started that don't say, you know, don't do drugs, just say no to drugs, blah, blah, all that stuff that, that that generation has grown up with, us as a generation have grown up with. But then you got kids now that see their parents taking pharmaceuticals all fucking day from right. the first moment they wake up in the morning, all that. And then before they leave the house, they tell their son, don't do drugs. Right. Now he's trying to figure out, well, what fucking drugs are you talking about here? <laughs> you know, which ones are, which ones are legit? Which, you know, what am I doing? Right. So you got to get very specific. Right. With your conversations with them about what you're doing, what your, you know, approach is, what you're trying to do, you know, by telling them what you're trying to save them from, you know, and, and it's a, uh, 
you know, I don't, I, this, these talks right here, I guess, are the best way I can think of to come up with that kind of information because I don't know how else you would get it, you know? Yeah. The pharmaceutical war is one thing that scares me is just because, like we've talked about, like pill, everybody's taking pills. Like, that's nothing new. Little Johnny sees her, 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 mm-hmm. his dad take four and his mom take seven mm-hmm. just to, you know, get up and get going in the day. And, um, yeah, it's just we're, we're, we're headed down a weird road. It's also a societal norm. I mean, uh, when we grew up, you know, uh, say growing up in the 70s or 80s or whatever, your parents didn't take right. Xanax four right. times a day just to kind of cope with it. <laughs> right. We've made it normal. Right. And I'm not bashing pharmaceutical companies. Some of them do good things, but... We've made it normal just to feel good. You know, I don't like the way I'm feeling. I don't have enough energy. Right. We'll take to this. Duck those feelings. Well, this yeah. gets me too much up. We'll take this. This will get you back down. And right. it, we've made it normal, really, to look for a pill for an answer. Mm-hmm. And and just like he said, they see their parents in this type of behavior. So what's the difference between prescribed medication and him giving me a pill, so he said yeah. I'm gonna feel good. Especially that kid don't know. He wouldn't lie to me, right? No, I'm still <laughs> I'm still looking for that one weight loss pill. That would be nice. <laughs> it's a lie. Oh, they got him. It's a lie. <laughs> yeah, meth, right? <laughs> that was <in> the '90s. <laughs> <laughs> Came with a little pipe. <laughs> Listen, this has been. We've gone on two hours here. This has been. It's been very educational. Uh, I I really do. I appreciate uh, this sit down talk, and it has been. Um, I don't feel like we really sugarcoated anything, which is what I wanted to have happen. I wanted to have a very real conversation with a lot of people that, and we got every angle of this covered. (laughs) I think we got law enforcement, we got the prosecution and we got the guy that was, you know, left that life. So I think we've, I think we've got it covered. Um, Anything else you gentlemen want to say? Well, uh, to any listeners or anybody involved, uh, you know, in the show that wants to, you know, that, has any questions or anything like that? Is there is there something we could plug in for that? You know, go to the meeting on Monday. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, you know, we need folks there. Kind of the whole purpose of this is 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 the we are still trying to f- figure out how the outreach is going to work. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. But we're uh, I'm not we are available for any groups that want to have a talk about it. I've already done a few. Uh, just a matter of getting in touch with the DA's office in Wichita Falls, and uh, we will set something up. If, right. Uh, I, I do know, and I've been ha- I've, I have talked to multiple families of, unfortunately, victims that have passed, and they they want to know what we can do, and we are looking into multiple yeah. multiple cases right now, and I'm, we are open to talking to anybody. If they need to know something more, they can just call the DA's office in uh, Wichita Falls, and we'll talk. If you don't want to call the DA because you don't feel comfortable with that, then you're welcome to call an outlaw. Call an outlaw. He'll get a hold. When did this become? When did this become? Okay, we got to do something right now. When did the? Uh, when did we push the chips to the middle of the table and say, okay, we're going on offense? Was it six months ago? Was it a year ago? Is there a turning point? Probably started about a year ago. That a year I started. Yeah, because I do the death investigations. We started going out and we start seeing this. Ooh, toxic effects of fentanyl. Toxic mm-hmm. effects of fentanyl. Well, then it goes from your 45-year-old doper that's been addicted to opiates because of whatever chronic back pain or whatever, and then you start saying, ooh, 
23 year old yeah. toxic effects of fentanyl mm-hmm. and, and it 15, just 16. goes down. This is, this is a problem. Like I said, we never dealt with really a big opiate problem in our area. And it's just, you're like, wow, what you read is not just complete BS. This is a problem. This right. is a big problem. Yeah. So the 45 year or the older person that would die from fentanyl, is it because they can't afford the, the drugs that they were prescribed originally? Well, they, they, uh, they got to a point where they were passing out. Uh, doctors would write you an opiate prescription yes. for just, I've got back pain. Right. I've got back pain. Well, they've kind of tightened that up. And now to get certain drugs that they used to just write on a 90 day script or whatever, now you got to have a triplicate prescription, got to go to the doctor every th- So getting those prescription pharmaceutical grade opiates is either more difficult or it's not possible for them anymore. So when it's not possible, it's an addiction. They're it's a go to the physical addiction. Gonna so go you're to you're going to go to the street, and you can go to the street and get whatever you yeah. want. And once you're on it, you're on the ride for. Yeah. Was for that a mistake? Having having, I mean, I can I can understand. We want to we want to stop the pharmaceutical crisis, but was it a mistake to get these people addicted and then be like, oh no, never mind. Now I need you to check in th- with your doctor th- and get triple verification that you need this medicine. I think they're probably looking back on some of that wish and they maybe had went, had done something different as a whole, you know, the entire had it, had it difficult to attain. To right. Begin or made with. it a little more or, or, or controlled it or regulated it on a, on a different level than they have. I think even their even the pharmaceuticals companies are probably looking at that going, well, we might've fucked up here. You know what I mean? Right. But a little careful the, with prescribing them rather right, than... Right, right. Or a little of, more regulation or something about it. I think I'll, they probably feel like they messed I'll up. I'll tell you, back you know? then when they could do it, you still had overdoses. You still sure, had people... Sure. The you fentanyl patches. Man. Right, yeah. uh, you still had people right. taking those fentanyl patches with their time-release dope them up. putting them in put their, them their in mouth and chewing them up or taking a blow I've dryer and I've putting them it. on it. Yeah. I chewed up fentanyl patches before. That's dangerous. Really? I've done it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got a different level of uh, <laughs> tolerance. Right. I'm, I'm, you know. If it's not yours, don't put it in your mouth. But it's not, yeah. it's a bad thing. It's right. a bad deal, right? It's bad. Um, but because I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like there's soccer moms that are addicted to like methamphetamine and stuff because they couldn't get their mm. prescription anymore, so and they you, turned to the street. Yeah, sure. and you can get methamphetamine. You can't get methamphetamine, but you can get amphetamine. That same feeling. Just as easy from an Adderall prescription Absolutely as you can, can from. Hey, if you know anything about uh, taking uh, pseudoephedrine chemistry, and, then you'll know that that Adderall is, I think, one molecule off of uh, what uh, anhydrous amphetamine is made out of. Yes, really, one molecule off. And that's the one that we're gonna they give keep, everybody. That's the one the government keeps in there as an inert molecule to tell the people that it's not an amphetamine because <laughs> it's got that. And that's what Adderall is. That's what it is, though. Oh man! But it's also in a regulated, controlled environment. You know what I mean? So there so was, for the you, most part, it has its benefits for the people that need it for that level. So like I listen to Doctor Peterson a lot, and if you don't, he's a, he's a psychologist. But anyway, um, and this, and we'll close with this: um, if you take rats and you deprive young male rats of physical touch, rough and tumble play, uh, their prefrontal cortex does not develop, and then they start exhibiting behavior that you can uh, correct with Adderall. So if you take this a step further and you look at how much Adderall is being prescribed to young adult males, and if you look at their home life, most of the time it's because they did not, they did not have that one-on-one interaction with a male figure. Yep. So it all circles back to we got to get our home life right, yep. and then we can start fixing some of the problems in society. Natural order. Exactly Natural right. Natural order. 
Natural order. All right, gentlemen, uh, I think they got burgers for us in there, so we will end it there. It has been an absolute pleasure talking to you guys, and um, I hope that this makes a difference. I hope it saves you know just one life. If Me it too, did, man. then it, then we've done our job. So it's been a pleasure talking to you guys, and uh, let's go see what they got for us in there. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you all very much. Let me close this out. Right on. All right, boys and girls, go check out all of our sponsors. Listen, if you want Dirty Duck Coffee, now's the time. You can go subscribe. It'll show up right to your door, or use the promo code Big Honker, save 15%. Bangtail Whiskey, Sandfield Hunting Outfitters, Ducks Unlimited, Double T British Kennels, Alf Outdoor Specialties, Looking Glass Podcast, Lucky Duck, Shin Gear Waders, Gundog Outdoors, Pacific Calls, Dive Bomb Industries, and Boss Shot Shells.